Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. You gotta hear this song. A wombat. Well, hello, fellow Stannies and dance floor darlings, and welcome to this month's instalment of This Is Disco, the Danny and Carly Minogue commentary podcast here for yet another magnificent Minogue Monday. Adam Eve here, and I'm, of course, joined by my wonderful co-host, the glorious Eliza Day. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm very well. And you know what? I've just remembered, even though it's been a few weeks, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. It's our first birthday. My gosh. I actually had forgotten all about that. Yeah, so had I. Until I just, until you started talking just now, I'm like, oh. I forgot that it's also our birthday episode. <laughs> Amazing. Well, happy birthday to us. You can uh, send all of your birthday greetings. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we did have some lovely messages on the day. So the 1st of March is our birthday. Right. And we had so many lovely messages that day. Like, it was very overwhelming, so sweet, and it got a bit teary. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, it was very lovely. Yes, thank you, everyone. Well, look, before we get into all of the excitement of today's episode, it feels like forever since I've asked because it actually has been over a month technically, but what's news in the world of Minogue and This Is Disco, Eliza? Well, speaking of getting into, um, (laughs) we had such an incredible response to the Danny Get Into You episode. Oh, yeah. My God, like long messages and comments, like people had so many stories to share or just about their favourite songs or what the album meant to them. Um, You know, people revisiting it or listening to it for the first time. People were going out and going out and buying it. Although I think someone may have done that, but people were buying it, streaming it, which, and I mean, they were probably also streaming Peter Andre, but... Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) Can't confirm that. But yeah, it was an amazing like response, which is... You know, one of the the great things about doing this podcast, I think, is the idea that people would rediscover an album, go and listen right. to it, start streaming it, right? Maybe buy it secondhand somewhere if they can't find it. It's well. Speaking of buying it secondhand somewhere, we were actually alerted as well by our uh, some of our UK listeners that the album was actually released over there on vinyl. Yes. So here in Australia, it was not released on vinyl. No. So... We never had the privilege of being able to buy that on wax. So I I have been looking at it on Discogs, keep eyeing it in the used Mm -hmm. section in the the marketplace. So I will end up having to get it definitely. But um, thank you for letting us know because we had no idea. No, no idea. And the photos, people were sending their photos of their vinyl. Beautiful. Stunned. Stunned. Absolutely beautiful. So thank you for letting us know. Yeah, so yeah, great, great feedback from that. Even Danny shared it in her story saying, listen and learn. So yes. that was <laughs> very much appreciated. But um, yeah, there were two sort of major things that happened in response to that episode that I thought I'd share that were mm-hmm. great. So we had um, a comment from Kirsten Lee, who shot all that Miami vlog 
Wow, stuff. right. Because um, you know how Danny invented vlogging and of course, YouTubing. Yes. Yes. We, we covered that. So um, she had left a comment on our Instagram saying, so much fun. We were just kids having a great time with a handy cam. So many good memories. And uh, I just love part of you know doing all of this is that we get to connect with so many behind the scenes people from years ago who, you right. know, some are still working with both girls, some are off doing their own things, maybe they're still friends. And just the idea that, you know, you can either ask them about something that was so long ago and they've got such fond memories of it. Like, it's, right. I get such a yeah. buzz out of that. And then the other iconic thing was, so, you know, for socials, when an episode drops, we do a little, like, there's posts or sometimes we'll post a snippet with yeah. some audio. So for this one, I posted the, the snippet of Terry Ronald talking about um, how he got Danny to do the vocals for That's This right, Is It. Yes, yes. With, you I know, know where this just, is going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who can't remember, it's, it was literally like a 30-second snippet of him mm. talking about, you know, helping Danny get that soulful sound by taking her outside for some cigarettes. Right. The only Brilliant. way to do it. Only way to do it, apparently. And Terry Ronald being the brilliant storyteller that he is, it just, in 30 seconds, it's just brilliant. So posted that snippet and I wrote something like, um, you know, listen to the story of Terry Ronald talking about, you know, how he helped Danny when she was recording the cover of Melbourne Moore's This Is It. You know, I tagged mm-hmm. Melbourne Moore because yeah, why not? Yeah. Anyway... The first person to leave a comment, a bunch of emojis, heart emojis, laughing emojis, <laughs> Melba Moore. Oh, Adam, we freaked out. We, we freaked oh, out. Oh my God. I haven't freaked out that much since the other disco queen, Gloria Gaynor, DM'd us emojis. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was major. <laughs> like, I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend that. So, I mean, obviously I did what any normal person would do in that situation. I alerted Terry and Danny to this moment immediately. Of course. And in the most wholesome thing that I have experienced in a long time, Danny went full fangirl. Yeah. It was the cutest thing. (laughs) Replied in the way that we reply to her or Kylie. Yeah. (laughs) Commenting on our socials. And I'm watching... Danny thank Melba Moore for This Is It on our Instagram post where Terry's talking about recording the song and getting that sound with cigarettes. It was so surreal and everything we've obviously dreamed of for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then she was so fangirly that she then screenshot it and posted it in her stories. Like, she really is one of us. Like, that's what we do. And, like, totally, yep. 100%. Jokes aside, I think we always have this idea that, you know, celebrities or pop stars or whatever, they're just all cool around each other. Like, I I forget that our faves have their faves, who they freak out (laughs) when they meet. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, it was... It was so... I don't even know how to put it into words. But anyway, that was kind of one of my favourite things to come out <laughs> of that episode. Amazing. Well, first of all, um, get well Kylie. Um, Kylie had a run-in with Miss Rona. That's right. So, mm. not sure where she's at, but we wish her wellness and yes. good health. And I hope that she's doing okay and that we'll see her 
back in the spotlight very soon. Very, very soon. Sending all of our love. Yes. Well wishes. Yes. Yeah. Although we did see her in the spotlight on that Qantas ad. Oh, oh wasn't that something else? Very, I very teary and emotional. Cannot. <laughs> what is it with that song? I don't know if it's how to explain that to a non-Australian person, what that song means to us. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I can't put it into words. Anyway, brilliant, brilliant ad. We are not sponsored by Qantas. I just want to clear that up. (laughs) We wouldn't object to it, though. Would not object to it. Free flights, please. (laughs) Oh, another lovely thing that happened... Oh, it must have been about three or four weeks ago. Um, We had the loveliest message um, on Twitter from... One of the biggest stannies we know, one of our most loyal listeners, Chris from the UK, also known as Mr. Happy Feet, I believe Danny christened him that name. He, just in his own spare time, created us a a beautiful header for Twitter. It was so lovely. So lovely. Just such a sweetheart and really appreciated that. And um, I'm going to get to artwork in a minute. So we were in the process of doing our new artwork so you know i explained to chris that 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 was happening but Mm -hmm. you know for three weeks before we had that that's the beautiful um twitter header that we had so thank you so much chris that was extremely thoughtful and much appreciated yes yes very much so but artwork let's talk artwork and if you're looking at the episode right now as it's playing yes you can see it most likely so so the iconic artwork that you are all looking at that you may have seen on socials over the past week mm-hmm. was courtesy of the incredible Tash. I mean, okay, I don't know where to begin with this. So many of you would already be familiar with a lot of her work if you are on socials. So mm-hmm. you can find her, and I'll repeat this um, again, at Run the Alleys on Instagram. She's responsible for those incredible Kylie tarot cards. She did that amazing um, Marry the Night one, a beautiful one for Danny for her birthday. She's done all your faves. So we were fans of each other, like you and I were fans of her. She was fans of us for a long time. So it made sense for us to, you know, come together. And so she is from Canada, but has relocated to the UK and in fact this artwork was started in Canada and has finished in the UK. It's a global (laughs) a global project and the kind of like legendary person that Tash is let me just walk you through what she's already done since arriving in the UK in less than a month she took herself to Barcelona not to Rome to see the Colosseum not to Paris to see the Eiffel Tower took herself to Barcelona and made the pilgrimage to the Olympic swimming pool to visit where Slow was filmed. Ah, uh, well, that's that's how you do it, my friends. Correct. This is um, the kind of people that we collaborate with. <laughs> she also ran into Jessie Ware. Did you did you see this? No. Oh, oh, let me read you. I've Tash, I've screenshot your tweet because this needs to <laughs> this needs to be out in the world. So she'd done that amazing Kiss of Life artwork last, I think it was October, November. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I remember. she met Jessie Ware. I think it may have been a book signing or something. Right. Showed her the artwork, which Jessie Ware had already shared last year, but um, I assume Tasha was showing her, like, oh, hey, that's, that's me who did that. Right. To which 
Jessie Ware responded, and I quote, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Then proceeded to tell Tash that her and Kylie loved it. Oh. And also added that she liked that Tash had made it homoerotic. (gasps) So... This I mean, <laughs> I don't know anyone that has been this productive. And all the while, she's working on our artwork. This is within a month of landing in another country. Wow. Truly legendary <laughs> Yeah, stuff. yeah, I can barely get my shit together in, in <laughs> like six months. <laughs> anyway, so you've all looked at the artwork. Should we walk everyone through... Because there's a bunch of little Easter eggs. It was like a little treasure hunt in each image. Right. Yeah, yeah, go. Most people have, have have guessed some of them. I mean, I know when I don't know about you, but when I first looked at it, before I looked at the list that she provided us going, this is what's in each image, there's so many that I didn't spot. Spot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I had to look again and again. I'm like, oh, my God, of course. So, in the top... Did anyone guess all of them? Um, I think... A couple of people came close, but right. sometimes sometimes they missed one or two, or they came back a bit late. There was someone that was working on it for a few days, <laughs> and they kept coming back, going, "Oh wait, I think I've got it." Oh it was actually it was so much fun. Um, okay, so if we start in the top left hand corner, we have um, the KM ninety four Confide in Me Rainbow. Now Tasha's obviously looked at that and thought, "Do I stick with that colour stick?" scheme or do I twist and put Ah. the impossible princess colour scheme (laughs) Right. (laughs) just see what I did there (laughs) so there's two it's basically the deconstruction square is how we look at that moving Mm -hmm. clockwise we have coconut and a lime with ovs no explanation yes and with the neon knights colour scheme around it stun amazing um, moving on to square three, I'm obsessed with this whole Kylie body language, but in fever outfit. So body language pose, kiss me once background, the love at first sight outfit. And someone asked me the other day, is there any Stock Aitken and Waterman references? And I said, well, no. I mean, there's only so many references you can get right. <laughs> in that many squares. However, if you want, and I hope Tash doesn't mind. If you want the yellow shoes to be the hand on your heart shoes, then you do what works for you. <laughs> so that's what we can just pretend that that's what that right, is. Right, right. If totally. you want, if that's if what does want. it for you. Um, okay, bottom right-hand corner. Uh, again, no explanation necessary. All I want to do, goldfish, oh. phone. Stunning, I, by the way. I, I screamed at that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> love it. Um, middle down the bottom, we have the golden boots. Oh. Well, the boots are from golden, they're not golden. And then the Aphrodite background. And then, final square, bottom left-hand corner, we have Danielle. Oh, so many references in here. It's just legendary. Hits and beyond core reference photo. Mm-hmm. The So Under Pressure snake. Mm-hmm. If you look closely at the snake, there's Love and Kisses heart pattern and colour scheme which that took me a while to notice. And then I uh, just like finding something new all over again. <laughs> um, the get into you window and, and backdrop. 
And then if you look at Danny's face, she's got the galaxy stars by her eye. Mm -hmm. And the jewellery, we're still promoting QVC here on This Is Disco. She's wearing her necklace and ring, the Diamonique. Is that how I pronounce it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it says the attention to detail, but yet the design is so simple. It's gorgeous. I I don't know how she's combined that so effortlessly. Look, I mean, we seriously cannot thank you enough, Tash. The, the artwork is actually breathtaking, and mm. I was totally taken aback and quite floored when I first got to see it. And look, I'll be honest with you, Eliza, even looking at it now that it's out there, I'm still very much floored by it. I mean, hang her in the Louvre because she's much prettier than that sulking Lisa bitch, all right? <laughs> much prettier. <laughs> oh, just... Yeah, I have no words. So, um, again, if you're wanting to see more of Tasha's work or um, looking for a commission, you can DM her on Instagram. So you can find her at Run the Alleys, R-U-N-T-H-E-A-L-L-E-Y-S. So if you're wanting your own artwork of anything, DM her. She also has a link in her Instagram bio if you just want to donate to support an extremely talented artist. Mm-hmm. Go go do that. Um, and also, speaking of all things financial, a huge shout out to our dear friend Scott for helping us with the funding for yes. this um, really, really overwhelmed to have someone believe in what we're doing and want to support us and we love you scott yeah and i mean he was equally as excited at you know tasha's work and wanting to support her so looking forward to having scott uh on an upcoming episode of my girls loud podcast as well so that's that's gonna be great it's gonna uh, be a good time talking with scott about girls loud again (laughs) cannot wait for that episode oh my god but yeah thank you so much scott it was um yeah, like you said, it was just so amazing to have someone believe in what we're doing so much and want to contribute like that to be able to help us with this incredible piece of art that we get to call the official artwork of This Is Disco. Amazing. And as we mentioned on socials, watch this space because merch coming soon. Ish. Ish. Yeah, by, <laughs> oh, soon, could, soon could mean Christmas, Adam. Right, totally, totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, look, we're not going to take that long, but we've, we've got to feel out, like, what we're doing, make sure we understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a few you things know. that we need to iron out. There's, there's a few things on the design level, like, it's just, like, little fidgety things, like yeah. getting, like, the image to not stretch on a mug. Yeah, the, we need to have, also have a business meeting about, you know, how <laughs> <laughs> where the finances go. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's just, it's, it, there's still a lot, as I said, to iron out. So, but it is coming very soon and we are really, really excited to get it out there because I know I've already seen some of the comments that a lot of people are already excited about the prospect of this I disco merch. So, yeah, yeah, really, really pumped. Yes. So, I, oh gosh, I've kind of waffled on for what's been going on over the past month. I think that's it. I'm sure I've missed something, but uh, yeah. That's it from me on the wrap-up. We are indeed very excited to bring you this very special episode as we celebrate the 10th anniversary of Kylie Minogue's fan and critically acclaimed anti-tour. We are also incredibly excited to welcome a very special guest onto the episode who will be chatting all things anti-tour with us both. It is obviously an 
absolute honour and a privilege to be welcoming back Mr. Steve Anderson onto This Is Disco to talk all things anti-tour. And he's only just around the corner, folks, so hold on tight. I can't believe this is... So this will be a third episode with Steve. (laughs) Yes. I think this officially makes him the Heather Locklear of This Is Disco. (laughs) Totally, totally, yes. A very special guest star. (laughs) Mr. Steve Anderson. I can't. This is so exciting. So I think I've mentioned probably in our episode with him, um, as well as to you at another point, that I saw him at Antitour and wanted to speak to him, but I got too nervous, so I just didn't. And oh, so wow, to be able to ten years later speak to him about that night that I was too scared to speak to him. I'm so excited. Full circle moment, hey. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny because. I mean, not just over the past few weeks since we've been talking about anti-tour on socials, but just every day of the year, 12 Mm -hmm. months, a year, somebody is tweeting him or commenting on Instagram something about anti-tour, whether it's loved it so much, it was the greatest night of my life, where the hell is the DVD and the CD, (laughs) Um, when's the next one, or just any kind of question or comment about what that night meant. Mm. It's every single day. So we know how special this is for everyone else to hear him talk about it. And I really hope that we can do justice to all of those questions and things that, you know, everyone loves to express to him literally daily. For those of you wondering, the anti-tour kicked off as part of the K25 era, celebrating Kylie's 25th year in the business that saw her touring the show across both Australia and the UK. Unlike any other Kylie tour before it, the anti-tour was designed to showcase some of Kylie's most loved B-sides, album cuts not heard live before, unused demo tracks, and deep rarities, all housed within an intimate theatre setting that was just made for diehard fans such as myself, Eliza, and all of you listening at home. The anti-tour was an exciting concept, and I remember the rush of delirium when it was announced amongst the fans. This was, pardon the pun, a show that was made in heaven, and an absolute (laughs) delight to be in the audience of. Myself and Eliza both attended the Melbourne leg of the anti-tour on March the 18th, 2012, at the now sadly long-gone Palace Theatre, or as it was once known, Metro Nightclub, one of the first places I ever had a DJ gig, FYI. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. But the show, it also played at the Big Top at Sydney's Luna Park on March the 20th, Manchester Academy in the UK on the 1st and 2nd of April, and a final show at London's Hammersmith Apollo on April the 3rd. A total of 15,765 people got to see this monumental and groundbreaking show across Australia and the UK. A tour that served as a concept which would see itself repeated years later for Madonna's Tears of a Clown gig in Melbourne. It was a truly exciting concept and one that was 100% for the fans. Those hardcore enough to know the words to almost, if not all, of the B-sides every rarity and demo that was featured on the night. In a 2011 interview, Kylie told writer Robbie Dore at the online publication Idolater that, quote, I've never done anything like that before. Something like an anti-tour where there are no dancers, there are no lights, it's just music and doing songs that are much loved by superfans but will never, ever, ever be heard anywhere. 
and certainly not in a live environment. I'm talking about B-sides or songs that were never meant to see the light of day, songs that were leaked but turned out to be quite popular, certain covers I've done, covers I haven't yet done. I think it would be really cool to be in a tiny, tiny venue, maybe to like a week's run somewhere and just strip everything back, just do songs that Uber fans would cry for. End quote. What year? So this is 2011, like how many months before actual Well, this was in the middle of the uh, Aphrodite tour. Oh, so like mid mid year, I guess. Oh, interesting. So she, the seeds are planted very yes. early. And look, those Uber fans—that's exactly what Kylie and her glorious team served us across four sparkling sold-out dates. Something for the Uber fans. Something that we would cry for. Mm-hmm. Pure magic that these fans, as Kylie has mentioned, would go completely nuts for. There were so many moments during that show. I was just taken aback at the incredible song choices, songs that I never in a million years thought I'd ever hear Kylie perform, and that sentiment was felt by every single person in those theatres. I laughed, I sang, screamed, I cried, and I cried a lot. It was beyond (laughs) belief, but also one of the most exhilarating gigs that I've ever been to. And I know that you feel exactly the same way, Eliza. Oh, I I do, and obviously I'll We'll get into that soon, but I mean, yeah, like, which, what an incredible, I don't know, moment in history. Right. Like, find me a Kylie fan who went to this and who doesn't rate it as, one, their favourite Kylie concert ever, and two, one of the just greatest moments of their lives. Like, everyone Completely. says the same thing. Yeah, it's really hard to hard to explain what the feeling in the room was that night but it was magic there was a certain magic in the air that like you've said you you just can't really it's hard to put it into words yeah but you felt it as soon as you walked in yeah do they um maybe our our north american listeners can answer this do they pronounce it (laughs) anti-tour it's been bothering me for about two weeks (laughs) anti-tour 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 because you know how they say anti like instead of anti Oh, yeah, anti-freeze. Is that that a thing? I don't know. (laughs) That was a weird... Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, this is something that's been, like, you know, shower thoughts. So (laughs) I just thought I'd bring that up now because I was going to forget. Anyway, let's uh, get back to the matter of Anti-tour. Anti-tour. In a lovely turn of events, Eliza and I are very excited to be welcoming back our next guest onto This Is Disco. Having already appeared on two of our most listened to episodes in the pod's history, there is very little introduction needed as we are joined in the virtual studio by the one and only Mr. Steve Anderson. Hello, Steve, and thank you for coming back onto This Is Disco. How are you? I'm good. It's lovely to see both your lovely faces. Um, I'm such a fan of the pod as you know and uh i'm kind of getting to watch it be recorded live so i feel like i'm, I feel like I'm in the audience a live studio audience yeah yeah the pressure no, is on no lovely to be back lovely to see your faces and hear your lovely voices yes uh, likewise well yes. we're a, a big fan of your pod as you know which we is are going great guns since we last spoke to you because you just oh, started you. it Yes, I had just started such a good feeling then. Yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, it. W- I don't really know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I imagined <laughs> it would probably, I'd speak to a few of my friends and that would be it. But um, we've managed to keep it going weekly for over a year and a half. And uh, and 
yeah, I talk to some fascinating, wonderful people and the response that I get back is is, is really, really lovely, actually. I think uh, yeah. people have learned some stuff and they found out some things and it's what? kind of fun. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's just that I like to... I like to have that thing where people see someone and go, oh, gosh, they're really, you know, successful. But then they mm. hear about those beginnings, those moments, yeah. those chance sliding doors accidents right. um, and how something really quite insignificant has made the difference. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the bit that I like getting to the crux of. So, awesome. uh, and, 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 and yours has gone from, I mean, you know, last time I spoke to you, since then, you've, Dan's been on your podcast. I, <laughs> right. Tell we, us about it. Yeah. But <laughs> Still talk about, ourselves about that. Talk about manifesting. We just were yeah. riding that high, I think, mm. after speaking to you. And then we had Terry and Ian and Dami Im. And we just, and then it just kept going. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> next thing then we know, Dan. we're having. Yeah, next thing we know, we're popping champagne bottles. <laughs> well, yeah. At the start of at the start of twenty twenty one, I did not have uh, receive a package of champagne at your door signed by Danny Minogue on my bingo card. But it <laughs> no. happened and it was bloody amazing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I could tell that she loved it. I, lo- I listened to it and you could just tell that she had the best time as well. So oh, it was so, so fun. I was really happy for you guys. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Adam, should we get into anti-tour? Yes, I guess we should. So I was at the second show because uh, the first sold out in like a single millisecond, as you know. And myself, Benetton, Richard, we'd attempted and failed to snap up ticks that first show. So when the second one was announced, I think one of the boys was just onto it and the rest is history. So we got there quite early to line up, although the line had actually already begun to sort of slink around the corner of the venue. But we still managed to get a really, really great spot about... I think it was about three or four rows from the front. Anyway, it was so lovely seeing friends in the line, like living legend and friend of the pod, Hassa, and another friend of the pod, the wonderful Anthony from Brisbane, and just sort of chatting in the excitement of what was to come. And I think Anthony had just finished the, seeing the first show as well from memory. My memory can't be trusted, though. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, we we're all standing there. First show ends and we finally get to go in and I secured, as I said, really, really great spot. And then it all bloody began. The main story for me outside of the magic of anti-tour, which we will start talking about, but I mentioned this online. So... <laughs> I don't know this story, but I'm dying to hear it. It's not that it's not that great, but it is interesting that this is sort of what came of it. So I'm just going to circle back to the actual night um, a bit later, but I had a bit of a surprise after the anti-tour by about a day or two. I, I just had to share it with everybody. So being bored as hell at work on my lunch break, and this is when I worked in the Melbourne in the CBD. So I opened up on my phone and jumped onto Grinder, as any bored poof on their lunch break would do. Uh, so I opened it up and there were a couple of messages in there. And right after the anti-tour had ended in Melbourne, that was when these messages were sent to me. So I opened the first one up and both messages more or less just open in a similar fashion saying that they saw me at the anti-tour and thought I was a bit of all right. <laughs> anyway, so I replied to both, end up chatting with them both through sort of various parts of the day. Look, long story short, in the end, one of them completely ghosted me after about two or three days of texting. And like, he came in strong and hot as well, like, and then just disappeared into thin air. 
Um, but the other guy, so the other guy followed through and in the end, you could say that Kylie literally scored me a good hammering. There's, there's a lot of things that I have in my life to thank Kylie for. And that is now actually absolutely one of them. Anyway, that's the story of Kylie getting me laid after the anti-tour. Short and sweet, just like the first guy's digital relationship with me. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, wow. she, was, she was doing the Lord's work. She was. She was. <laughs> working overtime for the gays, as always. <laughs> I mean, I wonder how many grinder hookups have occurred because of a mutual oh, of, of Kylie. I mean, I'm sure there would have been plenty that night. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Alone. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so that's my uh that was my post anti tour story. I have a recap that so I had a blog back in the day, as you know, Adam. And actually, mm-hmm. Steve, you used to follow this Tumblr blog. You were one of my first followers. Oh. Wow. Yes. So this is really full so so basically what had happened at the start of twenty twelve I was going through a really rough time and I decided to deactivate Facebook. The first of many times I would do that over about six <laughs> years before actually deleting it. But I really missed, um, you know, pop music news and pop culture stuff and, you know, just the stuff that Facebook was like, you know, I really enjoyed about it. So I was like, I need somewhere where I can just put it all in one spot. And I found Tumblr. Didn't really understand how it worked, but I was like, oh, I can just sort of put everything there, put my thoughts that cheesy thing of I was just doing it for me, didn't think anyone would read it because I just guess I didn't understand how the internet worked. So anyway, I just started this blog and I think I just started Twitter around the same time as Anti-Tour was happening. So, you know, it was just random little posts. It was nothing sort of huge or anything. But then, as I've previously mentioned, I saw you at Anti-Tour, Steve. Was too nervous to say anything, because, <laughs> probably because I was like, I'm going to say something like what I said to Carol a decade earlier, and I don't want to replay that right. horror show. <laughs> so I thought, just say nothing. And then, you know, like everyone, the days after Anti-Tour, it's all we could all think about. It was so overwhelming and just a lot of emotions. And so I was like, oh, I'll just pour it all out in a blog post. And it was <laughs> the first sort of long, I think, blog post that I'd done. And I think because I just joined Twitter and I was seeing other people do blog posts and tag people on Twitter. And I was like, oh, oh, maybe I can do that. I don't even know if this was at the point of retweeting, but I know I tagged you. I must have tagged Kylie, but I- I'm not sure. But I thought, oh, this is this is how I can say whatever I wanted to say on the night that I didn't, that why Kylie is so important to me and thank right. you and all that. So I thought, maybe you'll read it, maybe you won't, whatever. Um, apparently you read it, I think, because you shared it. Ah. On Twitter. I d- and then you started following my blog and I was like, oh my God. And then I didn't understand how p- other people were reading it because I was getting all these messages and stuff. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I was like, how have other people read this? And then that's when I kind of understood how Twitter and Tumblr worked. Anyway, so as a separate thing, I guess what you were saying about um, such a good feeling is, you know, what are the little sliding door moments that set people off? I ended up turning that blog into like a music blog because I guess after you shared that, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I can write. Like, maybe I'm quite good at creative stuff. <laughs> yeah. And because I'm like, well, Steve Anderson's a writer and writes songs and he shared my thing. So anyway, thank you because that music blog <laughs> brought, me, brought me so much joy. It's, I met so many people. Like I think, Adam, you and I kind of met, in, you know, it was through other people's Facebook comments. Yeah. But it was also through that you knew I was doing that. And I think our first 
meeting was me writing something for your blog. Right, anyway, right, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well, the thing is, I do remember that one of the things that I'm always curious about, whenever you're kind of involved in even a small part of any creation of anything, once it's done, like the following morning, everyone wakes up and just like, well, you kind of get an audience reaction, but also, and sometimes this is very unwise, by the way, but I tend to just figure out, just put in the name of the thing and just put review and see what right. comes up. Right. Because I'm just intrigued to see, you know, um, I mean, again, not always the wisest decision, but I, <laughs> I like, but I think people know with me, and I've spoken about it before, I'm very, very interested in what's wrong with something as much as I am, probably more than yeah. I am with what's right. Right. So, and and especially uh, from a fan point of view, I'm really, really interested in what's hitting and what's not. So, uh, right. yeah, I would have come across it that way, I'm sure. Yeah, but I must I'm, have written review or something. But yeah, yeah. I, used to, I used to get a lot of my new music through your Tumblr. Like, there's a lot of bands that I'm still really huge. I discovered Churches through you. Um, wow. I think oh, Fox is a, a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have sort of found otherwise. Yeah, anyway, so I have that blog post here. I don't know where it is on the internet because part of my blog got deleted two years ago. And what was it. the blog called? It was originally called A Million Beats because... That's I was a... it. I remember that. God. I, See, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't <laughs> even remember that. No, but about two minutes ago, That's I forgot amazing. that Tumblr, Tumblr was even a thing. Yeah. That's right. A... <laughs> I then changed it to Made of Glass because it was... I mean, ah, right. Yeah. I was pulling lyrics from Made of Glass, basically, and I went with a million beats first and then I changed it to Made of Glass. Yeah. I had an issue two years into it and Tumblr deleted the whole blog because I streamed a Taylor Swift song that I checked that it was okay to do it how I was doing it because I knew someone that worked at Universal and they were like, yeah, as long as you're not, you know, doing this, which I wasn't. And I hadn't seen all the email notifications. This is when Taylor Swift was suing anyone for just saying her name. I got a yeah. cease and desist from her team for, for yeah. merch, remember? Oh, wow. That's right. And I, yeah, I logged on to Tumblr one day to do a blog, but my blog was just gone. Two, <laughs> oh, two no. years of writing gone. Anyway, but everyone's in luck because I saved the draft as I did with everything. So I'm going to read you my post if you're ready. Ready. Everybody ready? Let me just. We're, we're both ready. We're we're, okay. we're we're prepared. I'm just sipping out of my. Oh, I love I that. Can, yes. Well, you can't see Jeez. the t-shirt I'm wearing, but I'm wearing my uh my royal family. Oh yes, I can. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're both very on brand, everybody. Just so, uh... <laughs> very very on brand. Very very. Okay. <clears throat> the the blog post is called some kind of bliss. Because of course, of course it is. It is. <laughs> um, okay. Is this really happening? One of my friends asked me this in amazement as we stood at Kylie's anti-tour gig, which will go down as one of the greatest nights of my life. I'm going to have to step back in time a little <laughs> to, to explain why this show was such a momentous occasion for me and undoubtedly for almost everyone in the room that night. From the age of five, I was obsessed with Young Talent Time and Danielle Minogue. I thought she was amazing. When I was about eight, a new show called The Henderson Kids started on TV. I was informed that Danielle's sister Kylie would be on it. Another Minogue? What? There's two of them? And so it began. When Locomotion was released, I used to sit at home with my tape recorder every night listening to John Peter's Top 8 at 8 and record it. <laughs> I, I would then take the cassette to school and make my whole grade 5 class listen to it repeatedly at lunchtime. This has continued through my entire life, be it at work, parties or in my car. All of my friends and family have a pretty extensive knowledge of Kylie's back catalogue, whether they like it or not. My first Kylie concert was Enjoy Yourself. 
When Never Too Late came on, a girl a few rows in front hopped out of her seat, jumped into the aisle and performed the entire routine from the music video. I was so in awe of this as it had never occurred to me to do such a thing. It was the moment that kicked kick-started my love of learning the choreography for music videos <laughs> and then busting them out in clubs. <laughs> um, I wanted to be that girl at the Enjoy Yourself concert and then years later when Kylie dusted off Never Too Late for the On A Night Like This tour, I was that girl. Being a Kylie fan back in the day wasn't very cool. We were all somewhat quote-unquote closeted. I remember being mortified on my way home from school camp one year when someone caught sight of where I'd written I Love Kylie Minogue on my pillow. <laughs> and proceeded to tease me. My little brother's disdain for her, or perhaps it was more his desire to irritate me, knew no bound. <laughs> Funnily enough, his best friend, David, who I have since poached as one of my own, was secretly a huge Kylie fan, and he used to wish that he could go into my bedroom to look at all my posters. But he was too scared to, so he had to fake not liking Kylie with my brother who used to change the lyrics to Hand on Your Heart to something that I think involved poo. <laughs> um, poetically, I attended the anti-tour late show with David and we laughed when we noticed that one of the guys in the band bore an uncanny resemblance to my brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, just as a side note, I'm just going to step in here. So anyone who's on Instagram will know David as one of the best Kylie Instagram accounts to follow. Sweet mm -hmm. Music 125. Yes. Oh my God. Is David. One of the best, along with the Kylie Historian. If mm -hmm. you're on Instagram, follow both of those. Anyway, back to my story. <laughs> um, in 1998, when the Intimate and Live shows were announced, I was beside myself. I jokingly said to a friend about five years earlier, after camping out for Lenny Kravitz tickets, that if Kylie ever toured again, I'd definitely camp out for that. And so I did. And there were so many of us. We all had similar stories of being teased as children for loving our Kylie. It became a little community of people sharing childhood tales, listening to our favourite tracks, and flipping through old issues of Smash Hits. This is also where I met our friend uh, Luke in that queue. Oh, right. Yeah. That was that queue. Um, Luke, Steve, was on our Danny birthday oh, yes. celebration. Yes. And also, yeah, I remember, yeah. he's the one who made me walk in my gold boot stilettos after. Ah, <laughs> yes. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. So that's who Luke is, and I met him camping out for that concert. Anyway, um, it may seem odd that someone I don't actually know has had such a huge impact in my life for almost its entire duration, but Kylie has. So many songs have such special meaning for me, and friendships I cherish have been formed due to a mutual appreciation of her music. I had my first kiss whilst Got To Be Certain was playing. <laughs> Um, when my uncle died in 2009, and this is the same uncle who got me my first ever Kylie autograph when I was 11, and he oh, was playing wow. in the Pops Orchestra in Melbourne, um, I was driving home along the beach after his funeral, and the sun burst through the clouds. It was late in the afternoon at the end of winter, and at that exact moment, No More Rain came on. So that song always reminds me of him now, and it makes me smile. I have so many moments like this. Kylie has somehow been there every step of the way during good times and bad. And so we arrive in 2012 to the anti-tour. The shows, plural, yes, I went to both, were <laughs> magical. I've seen all the tours, except Fever, as I was out of the country. But these two shows were by far and away her greatest live moments. Until now, I'd always rated Intimate and Live as the best. But, no, we have a new winner. 
Um, <laughs> look, I love the camp glittery spectacle of a Kylie show as much as the next person, but sometimes it's just about the music. She looked so overjoyed on that stage. She sounded amazing. The band was on fire and the crowd. Oh, my God. As cheesy as this sounds, there was so much damn love in that room. It was invigorating. Even the next day, a friend seemed suspicious as what I'd been up to the night before because apparently I was glowing. And I must make special mention of the backup singers. Their choreography was so much fun to watch. They were right into every song and I couldn't stop watching their hilarious moves. Who were the BBs on that tour? It was uh, Lucy Jules, Abby Osman and Roxy Wilde, now Roxy Rizzo. So Lucy and Roxy, Lucy and Roxy that did Aphrodite. Right, right, okay. Yep, that and then was Abby, so good. And then Abby that's been doing everything more recently, like Golden and Disco and stuff. Right. Oh, they were, they were so fun. I couldn't stop watching them. Specifically one boy girl. Well, that wasn't on our show. I didn't no, do that. No, not. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, carry on. Anyway, we're going to address this later. Right, here we go. Um, so the set list. Wow. Seven from my wish list. Some tracks I can't believe I didn't have on my list and some huge surprises. And I absolutely loved that nothing was reworked. Everything was just served up in its original format. And who knew that some of the album tracks from Enjoy Yourself and Rhythm of Love would rock so hard. The first moment of hysteria was for Made in Heaven. It's one of my all-time favourites and definitely one I never dreamt I would hear live in all its original glory. Cherry Bomb has never been a favourite of mine, but it was awesome live, so I now have a new appreciation of it. BPM was another from my list, so I went pretty crazy again. <laughs> I'm overdreaming over you and always find the time. Oh my god, I was back in my bedroom with my hairbrush microphone, except this time Kylie was there with me. People keep asking me what the highlight was. It's impossible to limit it to just one moment, but right up there was the second I realised I was about to hear You're the One. That blew me away. This was one that um, did uh, end up on the net, wasn't meant to be on the net. <laughs> Trying to figure out how it got on the net, but you never get an answer for these things. Um, but apparently a lot of you liked it, so we're bringing it to life here. The Impossible Princess era is easily my favourite, and hearing that and I Don't Need Anyone was very special. Both of those were on my list. I was hoping to hear Ocean Blue, so when we got to the point in the show where Kylie said things would be slowing down for a bit, I thought, this is it. What I hadn't anticipated was that she would treat us to the exquisite bittersweet goodbye. hoped but I certainly didn't expect it. The vulnerability she showed not only in choosing to perform such a personal song live but in the actual performance itself was unbelievable. As the show drew to a close it was time for one of the songs we'd all been waiting for, Got To Be Certain. Oh how wonderful it was. This and Made In Heaven were probably the biggest crowd pleasers. Uh, the encore was full of even more surprises. I'd completely forgotten about Tears On My Pillow. Ron for getting that little gem in the set list. <laughs> um, 
I used to always say that I wanted enjoy yourself played at my funeral because that's the kind of final message I'd like to leave people with. Don't wait till tomorrow when you should be living today. That this would be the closing number of the best gig I've ever been to was absolutely perfect. The end. Amazing. Wow. Enjoy it, enjoy it. And you see, that's probably why I followed you, because it is very good writing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It is. So, yeah, yeah. I, I just had to pour it out. I was like, she's been there. Like, I don't know if either of you ever watched Lost and they would talk about your constant. And I'm like, oh, mm. God, she's just both of them, I guess. Whether it's been a happy memory, a bad breakup, right. death. Like, somehow one of their songs has soundtracked something. That's lovely. So, that's amazing. You've said, well, I'm not not amazing. Kind of knowing you now that you have saved it. Of course, you've saved it. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I love that. It's and I love that. It literally, it starts off with a song pun. So <laughs> yeah, as everything does. Yeah, I I haven't changed really much at all since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. So that's wonderful. Yeah, Thanks I think that. It, that the vibe in that room that night, like, mm. so many people have said a similar thing that and i think when i was i just found this a few weeks ago i'd i listened to a lot of brene brown mm-hmm. and read a lot of her stuff and right when i sort of found this a few weeks ago i was listening to one of her podcasts and she was talking like she often does about the feeling of belonging and i'm mm. like that's that's what that feeling was in that room that night everyone yeah. just like we all just belonged totally it's it's yeah it's that other thing of someone saying someone said it was like the a close family of strangers yeah no bingo um, yeah that's spot on i've I've never both of those things yeah yeah i've I've never experienced that kind of feeling i mean honestly i guess aside from the camp out for intimate and live that's probably what that triggered off it was that same feeling of like these are my people yeah and and being amongst people that you know, you, you finally find out there's not only you that knows the words to some obscure piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole room. Like yeah. all of them. All of them. All of them. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's my little story. Adam, what was your, what was your well, experience of the night? My experience. So as I was saying, I was talking about it earlier with uh, my friend Ben. I was saying off air to the both of you that I was talking to him earlier because I went with him and Richard and I was sort of trying to get him to fill in the blanks because there were some pretty rough years to follow 2012 um, and memory has not served me quite well of that year. But so had to refresh on a few things, just little details. But what I do remember, and Ben said this in his message, he said that like it was such a magical night, but it was such a fever dream that he he doesn't remember a lot of it like the nitty gritty details, all I remember, Mm. and I think this is sort of a same feeling across the board for many others, is that there was just this indescribable magic in the air. And I just remember like, you know, I've seen lasers and I've seen confetti at many, many shows before, but the explosion of both at the very end of that second Melbourne anti-tour show, as I was standing up the back because I had to go get a drink, and I was just watching it all. Like, there was nothing more magical than seeing all that happen around me in one of my favourite venues in all of Melbourne. Ah, oh, it was truly, truly magical. And I was saying before to Eliza, just like, there were highlights-wise, as in the moments that sort of, like, made me scream 
actually scream and actually cry. <laughs> uh, I'll just quickly run through, like, Magnetic, Made in Heaven, Cherry Bomb, Mighty Rivers, Tightrope, Stars, Say Hey, Disco Down. Things can only get better. That's why they write love songs and enjoy yourself. They were just... So the whole show. Basically. (laughs) Basically. Basically, I was crying from start to finish. (laughs) We put this to um, people on social media. We said, what was was your highlight of of Anti-Tour? So I do also have... Can you see here? I've got newspaper clippings. I just, yeah. I was oh, my gosh. I, for, was, I yeah. forgot that I had these. I had these in my little office downstairs. You know when you just have something on your wall and it's been there for so many years that you, you kind of just don't really pay attention? And I went in there to print something. I'm like, oh, I'll bring those out. So I love this pun. Low commotion. Oh, low commotion. Oh, oh I see. That's, yep. by your standards, that's pretty good, isn't it? That's a pretty good pun. And then <laughs> my favourite line from this review is, the stripped back affair featured Minogue Three backup singers and a four-piece band. Not one oiled-up buff dancer in sight. At least, not on stage. Oh, yes. my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to ask which um, member, we don't. We probably don't know the name, but which, what does the, your, which one does your brother look like? Which, what does the person Oh, the guitarist. The at at oh, the Luke. time, yeah, not anymore. Luke Fitton. Yeah, because I'd forgotten he, about that whole thing and then all I right. was talking. So he used to look like Fitton. Okay, fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because we was I was standing there with David, and because it was such a full circle moment of me not knowing he'd been such a fan, and then finally we're at this gig together, and then right. we've just looked at the band. I'm like, is that my brother? Yeah. <sighs> okay. So anyway, so we put it to Twitter. It was like, right, we're doing anti tour for the next episode. Tell us your highlights, and there were a lot, like a lot. A lot. It was, <laughs> it was, and everyone just gets so excited talking about this tour. It's. It's just, it brings so much joy, I think, to everyone. So most people sort of had, you know, it was when she sang this song or that song. Like, it was a lot of song, song things. Yeah. But I think the highlights for me, so I, these are some of the ones from our Instagram stories, and I didn't save people's names, so I apologise because I can still see them in the stories. I can't see the names anymore. Anyway, <laughs> you know who you are if you hear this. Um so the ones that I guess really resonated is kind of what we touched on about the emotion and stuff. Mm-hmm. So someone said it was the first Kylie gig I went to on my own and I couldn't have felt more at home. Um, someone else said seeing Kylie's face light up every time she sang and the crowd reacted. And then so I think Cameron Adams actually said this last one. Um, Kylie is a singer in a band, not a showgirl and reading lyrics off a stand with no shame. A lot of people said that. A lot of people love that, like, she forgot the words or she didn't know the words to one song. Like, that was... Oh, yeah. Everyone loved, I loved that part. I loved that. <laughs> well, it's yeah. a lot of songs. It's a lot of songs and they're yeah. songs that she's ever performed live before. Right. We've performed so, them in our bedroom many yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then on Twitter, there was, again, a lot of sort of songs and a similar thing about the love in the room. But there was two that I absolutely loved. So our friend Annie in Sydney said, I told my mum I was studying at uni that night and snuck out to the show. To this day, she still doesn't know I went. So Annie's mum, if you're listening. Oh, um, hopefully we haven't added it. March 20, uh, 2012, Annie was not at uni. Um, and then uh, Bradley, from who went to the Manchester show, this is brilliant. So, Steve, perhaps you can tell me if you remember this. The highlight for me was being at the bar at the exact moment Kylie asked someone to buy her a drink of red wine just before she sang Drunk. 
I did, and everyone passed it forward to the stage, and she sipped away. Very cool. That's amazing. That's a great wow. story. I love that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there was someone else on Twitter called Steve who said he really enjoyed <laughs> Rainbow Connection. <laughs> Not sure well, who he is. No. Or what, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, there's... if. If we're talking about highlights, uh, yes. Well, what yeah. are your highlights? That's our next question. Mm. I mean, that was as 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 you've started with that one. I mean, that was just in that was in Sydney. Yeah. Um, and I'm not. Uh, I don't particularly like um, being pointed out, referred to in any way. I very much <laughs> like hiding, as anyone right. knows. So I like hide behind my wonderful front of house person. But on that occasion she decided to bring some attention to me i think it was just before you're the one so it was one of those things that it was something i wrote and uh yeah i think it's on youtube and we have a obviously everyone now seems to know that well i've because i've told everyone i love the muppets and, we <laughs> yes. love and she and i both love the muppets and yeah there was one bit where she just said oh you know he would want me to you know up here to sing this as a character and then she just started to go into a bit of rainbow connection so i'm lucky enough to have uh, my my touring musical director with us here tonight he doesn't like a lot of attention i always do this to him mr steve anderson is <laughs> if there weren't a few thousand people here i would sing one of our favorite songs for us it's normally sung by a frog about this big did you, so did you know she was going to no, do that? I knew, no, oh, no, 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 wow. no. If I knew, no, it was all a complete surprise. I mean, oh certainly God. I know. Oh, my God, yeah. So I totally didn't know what was going to happen. Did the whole band you know, know? Like, was everyone no, in no, on a... No, 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 no. Okay. It was wow. just... It, you could, And when you watch the clip, you can see it's all like... I'd say with her, it's like playing with live ammo. It's just it's happening and you just... All of a sudden, it's there. And, and all of a sudden, it's happened and you're in it. And... Uh, yeah, and she and she even says at the beginning, you know, he doesn't like a lot of attention and blah, 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 no, but... I remember that. Yeah, so, so where, um, where were you? Were you at the? I was at, at the, the sound desk. Yeah, absolutely. Did everyone you know, just... turn around and look at you? Yes, they did. It was, it was <laughs> awful, and <laughs> and I sort of tried to sort of sink down as low as I possibly could. Oh. But then when she started singing Ram Connection," I thought, "I've got, you know, I've got to. I want to see this. I like. I've yeah. never never seen that happen. So, I mean." that was a, an incredible memory all of the things you said were incredible just the rehearsal period was so incredible for me as well um being at we were, i was said before we came on i we were at a, a rehearsal studio sort of in uh, near chapel which uh, isn't there anymore um and uh yeah we just roll in every day uh and do that and then at the end of it we'd either go to um uh, again, memory terrible. That really big Irish pub up the end of Chapel Street. Oh uh, yeah, I know the one. I can't yeah, which we used to call Bridie O'Reilly's, which actually wasn't the name of it, but we used oh, to no, go in there. Oh no, I think it there. is, isn't it? Or is oh, it a different one? Is it something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I seem to remember going in there and having something called a fat yak. Oh god! Um, wow. <laughs> is this the one that's that like a, a few doors up from the Jam Factory, like literally yeah. a block? Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's Bridie's. So we, yeah, so we did that, and we also went out for. Uh, like a big, beautiful kind of Asian meal in one of those places where they kind of like cert, like cook it at the table. Yeah. And Roxy had this idea it'd be really fun to just tell everybody that it was my birthday, even though it wasn't my birthday. 
So they had the whole oh, thing come no. out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone knows wow. how how much I don't like attention. Yes. Is, this so, a, is this a Tokyo Teppanyaki on Chapel Street? Yes, that's the one. There yeah, because yeah, I've been there for my birthday a few times. And they fully, like, when I was there for my birthday, it must have been about 10 years ago, they came out and they're like, did you want a costume? I'm like, yes. Yes, so I they do. Did that. So, oh my God. Well, you see, here's where you and I differ. So they came out with, with the costumes, of one of which was a sumo suit. And, uh, <gasps> oh, no. Yes. So I immediately looked over at my brilliant um, keyboard player, musical director, uh, David Tench, and I said, Dave, you've just got to take one for me on this because there's just absolutely no way. Like, I will leave. I will run as fast <laughs> as you possibly can imagine. <laughs> So I have these beautiful pictures of David Tench in a sumo suit. Oh my god, uh, amazing! And um, and Roxy just giggling her little heart out, um, and, and the whole restaurant singing "Happy Birthday" to me when it, my birthday is clearly on Christmas Eve, and it, yes. it was not then. Oh my so, god, I um, love that. So, <laughs> so there's those little kind of fun stories, but um, right. but yeah, I mean, and, and of course the other thing about it was, I mean, we started rehearsal. I'm actually looking looked back at my diary, and we, we did a few weeks in London originally rehearsing um, oh. before we came out. Yeah, we we originally because we were just trying a whole bunch of songs. So we we How started. How was this planned for then? Well, I've got in my well plan. I don't know when we announced. I I started working on it on the 30th of January. 2012 i started prepping it then right um and then it says here because i know people like facts um <laughs> 22nd... and we're a history podcast so. yes yeah, we're a history podcast yeah we are. 22nd of february we did what looks like about a 10 days rehearsal in london um right. just with the band and with her just again working through the songs the set right. list what works what doesn't all that kind of stuff and then sort of towards the end of rehearsals, I had to leave because she and I had to go go to Sydney for Mardi Gras. That's right. So it was the 2012 Mardi Gras. So yeah, I've got us down. The band finished off on their own. We went to Sydney and then did the Mardi Gras. And literally the morning after Mardi Gras, we were on a plane to Melbourne. And then we started rehearsals on the 5th, uh, yeah, 5th of ah. February. Because it was literally announced only two weeks before. Because it was like, wait, 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 what's this? There wasn't a big lead up. Yeah, there wasn't at all. No, no. I th well, I think, I mean, it's, it's you know, God bless him. It's Godinsky, isn't it? It was just like, yeah, let's do this. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we went in for then two weeks then uh, to just kind of do the rest of it and rehearse the rest of it with the band and the BBs. And it was really, it obviously was small, but it was still had to have an element of something about it which is where the you know as adam was saying like the lasers and yeah. stuff i mean you know we had nick whitehouse come over and do the lighting i mean nick did the lighting for aphrodite so i mean he's used right. to you know he does you know huge shows um, so he's like where are it, the water features <laughs> yeah yeah but it was like let's get what we can let's source what we can let's make yeah. it what we can but it was absolutely the most fun rehearsal period ever right. because you know we're just you just get fight you know playing these songs and of course i know a lot of these songs but the band don't know a lot of these songs oh, so if right. you imagine like the, the like they don't know them as like we know them right so you can right. imagine the joy of some all of a sudden starting to play things can only get better um right or you know always find the time where they're just going to get into the oh yeah bit and stuff like that yeah. i mean it's just total joy so, yeah but you um, could see it on their faces that they were just having so much fun they looked like how i look in my bedroom when i'm yeah <laughs> well yeah because there was no choreography i mean there was choreography they did the girls did it themselves but there was nothing to think about apart from just the songs yeah and and just and performing them and 
Yeah, and and even when it came to the, the the shows themselves, you know, we it was obviously the thing that they'd sold out. We kind of knew they would, but then mm. the second show, everyone was like, "Yeah, let's go for it." You know, we're, we're up for it. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, there was there was so many so many amazing moments from it, and I think getting to hear a few like personally as well, just getting to hear a few songs that that we I was involved in a bit live was like like getting to hear Paper Dolls was really really oh, sweet yeah. for me. Yeah, that because... was when I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> just because I, you know, it's a very special song and I just, you know, I felt like it was really, really lovely that that was in there. Um, but then also just as a stocking Waterman fan, you know, yeah. just some of those that, you know, the, yeah, the overdreaming, always find the time medley. I mean, yeah. joy, in a, joy in a bottle, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, when she came out with that enjoy yourself scarf at the end. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just didn't. It was such a nurturing your inner child evening. <laughs> like It was, yeah, it was. And I think the other thing, and I may have probably said this before, so uh, I, I apologize if I have, but he, like knowing, hearing from Terry Ronald that um, in the London show, he was sat um, pretty much next to Pete Waterman and Pete Waterman was just pretty much crying throughout oh. because he could not believe oh. that these young people knew so many of these songs that were like singles and he was just overwhelmed pretty much throughout he was so overwhelmed oh that's really so that was a really really beautiful memory as well that's so nice yeah actually a few people i think from the london shows when we were asking highlights a couple of people had said i was sitting right near pete waterman and like that was just a thrill in itself because it's yeah you know like pete waterman yeah yeah so no it was it was it was fantastic but yeah just that rehearsal period with that band and 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 her and just like just going to work every day just like you wake up with a spring in your step we were staying at a hotel on chapel so i was living on chapel which i've done before um and it's as you know it's a second home to me there anyway so uh yeah it was it, it was wonderful and just like seeing the joy on her face just remembering these songs yeah. yeah and and doing and doing some ip stuff as well which we've never oh. really done and by the way on a lot of that stuff any of the stuff the band anything that had to be have programming on it had to really be done from scratch because i couldn't didn't have any original multi-tracks for ip and stuff so oh. i had to redo all the strings for drunk and oh you know, really a lot of that. yeah yeah it all had to be reprogrammed from scratch so i had to remember what i'd done to recreate it as well so that oh was quite my God. testing. <laughs> that would have oh, been. And, the, and, and the other one was, of course, that which I guess is the thing that, you know, that moment that once we'd done those two, there would be just this moment of, of joy and dread where you just look at her face and she'd, go, she'd come in and go, I've been thinking. And then you <laughs> knew. What, what like, is that? Why don't we do this one? Oh, um, no. And, and the closest call on that one was give me just a little more time, which literally <gasps> happened about two hours before doors wow yeah where, um, where was that was that in london. sydney or london okay london london it was literally she was like oh why don't we do she i think we were just doing something she made the kind of the the burr noise and she goes i wish you'd do <gasps> that one. Oh my god and everyone, i know and everyone was like by that point it was like okay there was never any point in saying let's not it's like yeah let's 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 busk it and see what happens Sorry, I'm just stuck on the idea of Kylie just randomly walking around the place going, Yeah. (laughs) It happens. And then going, well, actually, that makes me think. (laughs) Maybe I should whip out, give me just a little more time. 
yeah it, it totally happens so yeah that that there's those are a few of mine and obviously just as you say the the joy of of that audience and you know just being able to to put something together that involved nothing apart from you know one girl three bvs four band and just the loveliest people in the room is that your favorite tour uh it probably is my favorite tour yeah yeah i think i've said before it's my favorite tour my it's it, favorite show ties with christmas but yeah it's, right. it's just just because i mean it sounds ridiculous because there's no reinventions there's no reworkings there's no intros there's no flashiness <laughs> but uh on pure warmth and joy alone yeah mm. I, I adore that one yeah it's <sighs> definitely our favorite i think too yeah it's 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 mine it's, it's funny yeah. because my i think my top three are that intimate and live and golden and they're the three smallest yeah yeah it's weird isn't it mm. I mean, yeah, as much I, as I loved Aphrodite and, you know, X, like all the big spectacle, I still, it's whatever that feeling is. Yeah. That's, that's what sticks with me. And I think, again, with something like, you know, to, I never I never imagined in a, there would be ever be a world where I'd see her perform Bittersweet Goodbye. I just didn't think it would ever fit in a tour. Yeah. It would be too slow. It would be too, but actually, you know, to do it. And the girls were just, the first time she did it, they would, they just burst into tears and the first time she did yeah. it in rehearsals because it's just that song is yeah. just beautiful extraordinary song. isn't it yeah i mean i'm yeah. saying that it sounds ridiculous i was involved in it but i just love her performance of it as well yeah it was incredible i mean so many questions needing answers <laughs> i was waiting for that one <laughs> sorry that's taken me way too long but here we are we got there <laughs> so, you got there in the end that's the most the important part um i mean half of them i think are probably been answered but we can just roll on through them yeah, i'll just, just rattle through, through them yeah all right i i guess we know parts of why this incredible tour came to be but what is the origin story of the anti-tour as you know it um i i'm i you will probably know more than me i seem <laughs> to remember something about after aphrodite there was a desire or she may have said something um or i certainly yeah, remember being around she when she said something. yeah but i think just in general she was like you know how do you top the biggest you know tour of your career right um you do the opposite right and that's that's how i remember it kind of happening and i feel there was it, the timing was good because she would be home anyway for mardi gras right so it kind of made sense of and you, yeah. uh yeah so i think it was a conversation and and as as i said kind of before in in that world you kind of play with live ammo so one one little kind of oh maybe we should do this very quickly turns into we're doing this right, right. <laughs> so yeah that's where i think the origin was 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 aphrodite which i think is a very her thing to do actually you know do something and then just completely switch it and do the opposite yeah yeah there was a bit so of that, um that i remember from intimate life because i went to every show there was a different song every night. Like, I don't think Locomotion was in the first night. Like, because we were all just screaming out, do Locomotion, do Locomotion. And then <laughs> there was another night. It was like, well, that wasn't in it before. There was, like, constantly things being yeah. added in. That's why I think I went to so many shows. I'm like, well, what's she going to do next? What's she going to do next? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's got to go to all the shows. Don't want to miss it. Were other cities considered? Or is it always just going to be Melbourne, Sydney, London, Manchester, the end? as far as i know that was it yeah i think it was i think it was it just needed to be special and it needed to, i mean you could have done more but i also think that as much as 
you know, from a fan point of view, you know, it is a limited audience to, you know, you couldn't put that on in an arena, um, no. you know, that is, and it would be wrong to. So I feel like it, you could have probably done a couple more, but no, I, I was always meant to be just a very small thing. I mean, we never, I mean, obviously there was only one show that in each place as well. So it was, a, you mm. know, the second shows were only like, we only found out about the second, say the Melbourne show, we only found that about that probably the day before. Oh, right. so, or like maybe two days before so yeah yeah so as far as i know it was never intended to be any more than that right and did you have like were there any rules in regards to the set list like i assume for like an album tour you have your you have to play your hits you have to play you know you've spoken with mm. us about this before you mm. play the songs from the album were there any rules for this or was it a free-for-all and if it's a free-for-all how the hell do you decide um, I think the idea was very much, you know, fan favourites, um, songs that she has not performed for before or for a very long time, um, B-sides, album tracks, unreleased tracks, um, but with a, with an occasional, that, as you say, Got To Be Certain was in there, which is a single, but it's a single that she hasn't performed for a while, um, so it made sense to go in there. Uh, and Tears, Tears was obviously a single, but it just felt like a... A gem you know so yeah. that was it it was always on the basis of of, of songs and, and particularly out really really beloved album tracks um you know th there was an awareness that you know there was a huge you know songs like mighty rivers and magnetic and stuff there's such a a love for some of those songs and tightrope especially oh. everyone has such a, an affinity with that song yes. so we sort of took a bit of the pulse of what we felt people might want and then and then we knew we had to have 23, 24 songs and then we just got them and then you just have to kind of stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, and reset. So yeah, that, that's, that was the parameter, just exactly that, anti B-sides and rarities. Were there any songs that were toyed around with before finding themselves on the cutting room floor that you perhaps wish had made it in? No, I think as always, uh, <laughs> the... Uh, the sort of the fate of that's why they write love songs is that it goes into a show and then comes out of a show. Um, so that popped in for a while. I mean, I love that song. I just, mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite things we've ever yes. done. Then it's done. Yeah. So, but I, it wasn't really cutting room floor. I think that they just, there's sometimes you just tried things, but I think, it, I think it had a, once we had that set list, it was very easy to know the parameter of what would fit and what wouldn't fit. Um, right. So no, I don't think anything was. And also for a band, you know, it's an awful lot of songs to learn and to perfect. And right. as much as it's a tiny room and a tiny, you know, the, the standard, the musical standard of the show is uh, still has to be at a level that befits a global superstar. So, you know, we don't just, I mean, yeah, they kind of bust, give me just a little more time when we got away with it. But a lot of the rest of the stuff was very much like, it's still got to be amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't anything that, that didn't go in uh, that mm. should have done, I don't think, but at that time. Were there any songs that you remember Kylie needed, like, just complete reminding of before ending up in the show? Like that they existed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, in general. Really. Her, uh, no, no, not at all. Her memory is incredible. Amazing. Um, I mean, lyric, lyrically, yes, obviously. Oh, that's, yeah, obviously. And that's, but... and that's, uh, that's understandable. But um, no, no, not at all. I mean, because and also you have to remember that even the uh, the PWL stuff, um, those albums were not like albums now. They didn't have 25 songs on them. They had right. 10 songs yeah. on them. Yeah. yeah. 
so um and like some of the b-sides also a lot some of the b-sides she was involved in the writing so i think that people tend if they've co-written a song or worked on a song they probably tend to remember it better than the song that they haven't written right so but there were some challenges i mean you know obviously there's certain things especially uh something like drunk is a challenge with the you know like the fastness of of how Mm -hmm. the end works and stuff and also having never performed that song live you know before so uh but no no there was there was nothing that she thought i do have no recollection of this whatsoever right was there anything that she or even you straight away said absolutely no to no <laughs> no amazing no, there was no no there was no there was absolutely no we we make it a habit not to say no like there's no idea that's that's too like too bad or too stupid to kind of try we right. try everything yeah um but no there wasn't anything that was just like nah Oh, that's so Amazing, good. that's so good. Good, good to know that we can uh, request anything. Um, and were there any that were, like, self-indulgent isn't the right word, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but were there any for you, and I guess you kind of alluded to it before with Paper Dolls, that you were like, oh, my God, I have to get this song in. It's now or never. This is never going to be performed live otherwise, and I just want to see it live at least once. I, um, <clears throat> to my detriment, I'm... I think I've said this before as well. I'm usually the last person to to suggest anything I'm involved with because I don't like that kind of, even if I, you know, that self-promotion thing. So I probably didn't suggest some of those songs. It would probably have been her suggestions. Um, Were there any other ones that you weren't involved in that you were just like, oh my God, that would be my dream to see that, even if it was... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, things can only get better 100% because that is just an absolute tune. I mean, what a song, right? I mean, yeah, it's like a, it's an uplifting house record. It's, it's so absolutely brilliant. So yeah, I, I, I really, really wanted that one on there. because i just adored magnet- yeah. magnetic oh, awesome. I, I think from the beginning i always i always felt that whatever happened magnetic should open i just felt was, like it was yep just the right opener And, and I, and I, in. oh my god i remember yeah. like my ears nearly exploding in the theater at yeah, the time and just feeling exactly. it right into my core <laughs> well and also that was the thing i loved as well is that there was a there was a small expectancy that this would be a stripped back you know acoustic guitar you know ah. sort of rarities yes. uh, you know so we were like, no, we're going to like smack you in the face directly. Right. <laughs> and I mean, and the one that really came alive, actually, which I was, I was, the only one I was 50-50 on of how it would work with the band was too much because it was so electronic. Right. But actually it almost went up another 50% with the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't have been happier with the set list. Were you like surprised to see that every single person in that room knew every single lyric to the deepest cuts to the un- like to "You're the One"? Were you like, how yeah. does everyone know every single <laughs> lyric? This is not even released. I or was you- really surprised by "You're the One" because the, even on YouTube, you know, the version of it that's on there, which I feel like I think we may have said this before, is from some cassette or something. <laughs> so it's almost a bit. It sounds really dodgy like a like a 32 kps mp3 that sounds like it's coming being played out of a phone at the bottom of a goldfish bowl i've I've Um, had it on cassette since the late 90s i can't remember how i got it but i've literally had it on cassette i mean from wherever that came from so i had no idea how people would know the lyrics to that one because it's like most of the other stuff exists on as a release thing right that one was a complete surprise to me that people knew the lyrics to it Oh, I was a joy as well because I adore it and yeah. uh, and but yeah that was um that was a bizarre one. And like what was the vibe between between the two Melbourne shows because obviously that was the first one what was the vibe you go backstage or wherever you go before the second show starts like what is the reaction with everyone like was it what you all expected or were you like what just happened or I I think the thing is is that you have to remember that we as well the band had literally walked out of a rehearsal and walked into a gig so it wasn't like there was no production rehearsal there was no how's this going to work it was just we'd run the set maybe in we'd rehearsed all the songs but they'd run the set maybe once or twice from top to bottom so i would say the word relief would be a a, right one (laughs) (laughs) a cross of between fear and joy that they were about to have to do it again Right. Um, and a reason to have a few beers, I think, what it was. So the second show that Adam saw would have been a little more raucous, I think, from the band's oh, point of view, and possibly was. more relaxed. Oh, right. we had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Suited yeah. me uh, just fine. <laughs> it's probably yeah, better that really... I was at the second show too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a bit more, yeah. I, and I think... Um, yeah, I just think like a bit of relief because obviously you just don't know. You kind of assume, but you just don't know what people will react. And also, I don't think anyone was completely prepared for the warmth uh, in the room. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, and by the way, we were filming it as well, so no pressure. Well, yeah, yeah we're going to get to that. Well, we will. <laughs> don't shoot me. No, no, we, no, we're not at all. We know you don't hold the keys to the vault. <laughs> so. Yeah. So the first song of the encore changed when you got to the UK. So that was Do It Again. Right? Yes. So yeah. how does that come about? Like, is it, are there, does the UK and Australia have different um, fan favourites and stuff? Or are you just like, oh, let's just switch it up? I think it, it's, it's never me. It's always her. I think it's, <laughs> um, I think switch it up. Yeah. It's like, let's do something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were things that went in. I remember um, even in was a, there was a song that wasn't in i'm trying to remember what it was there was a song, oh cherry bomb wasn't in the show um when we rehearsed in england that went in so i actually remember being programming that on my laptop in a hotel room just all the bits and pieces that oh, had, wow. you know the track stuff um and then i think uh yeah it was another one of those things of well oh i think do it she'd just been listening to stuff and do right. it again is, is great i think it's great it's her greg and karen again i think so you know that Greg Kirsten guy who's done or whatever happened to him. Um, <laughs> Where are they now? Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's again another 
great great b-side so it's like just just keep it a little fresh just freshen yeah. it up a little bit after four shows yeah well we noticed as well that you know manchester always seems to get extra stuff and i was talking to our friend simon and he's like mm. oh you know she did that in manchester and i'll be talking about a different gig <laughs> and he'll be like oh yeah no she did this extra song in manchester i'm like what happens in manchester <laughs> what is going on there that it just has like does it a great vibe is there just something in the air i i don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's to do with Manchester. It might just be to do with the fact that Manchester's probably never the first show. Right. So we wouldn't do drop-ins of things on the first show or maybe the second or third, but maybe by the time we get to Manchester, you know, that, that right. thing has happened. But honestly, I keep saying, as I said before, you know, this, this term live ammo, it, <laughs> there's things where an idea will just kind of, it will just, she will just say something. And it will like, you know, and this is how things have happened. Like, this is how Bono happened. This is how right. Rick doing the Never Gonna Give You Up mashup happened. This is mm -hmm. like, this is how Jason coming on stage happened. It's like things just kind of get put out into the ether, manifest, right. if you like, and they just happen. So I think Manchester, the reason, the, the actual reason is Manchester is rarely the first show. Right. So by the time we get, they get there, it's like, oh, let's do something else. Right. right, I need to so go. So you just have Manchester to come to Manchester shows, shows. yeah. Yes. That's clearly yes. what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. The Melbourne dates, as we said, were filmed professionally for a planned DVD release, which was super exciting to so many of us. But in the end, that too ended up on the cutting room floor. So I, I guess I'm going to ask the question that you've probably been asked a million times. Do you know why the footage was shelved? Well, it wasn't. A lot of it did come out. Some of it did come out for K25. So there was a lot of the footage that did come out for the, on YouTube for yeah, that. Yeah. So not not the full thing, I know, but there was yeah. some. Um, I mean, I think the to be fair, I think it was filmed for uh, more for a kind of personal sort of document of it, um, right. and and obviously we we recorded it. So I was able to mix the songs that we that they used for K twenty five. But in answer to the question, uh, I, I it would be amazing to see it come out at some point. Um, but uh, that is not an answer that I can right. give you. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, everyone, please stop tweeting at Steve asking where is the DVD. He doesn't know. Well, no, listen, I, I'd, I'd love it. These Look, who knows? Like, waiting for stuff is sometimes good. These things take time. Mm. One day, one day, I imagine it will surface and be brilliant. But it has to be right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It has right. to be the right time and has to be the right reason. Well, hypothetically speaking, of course, but if Kylie did do an all-new anti-tour, or as I think it was you who dubbed it anti-two with the number two... Which, which I can't take credit for. That is, I, I said it, but it's actually Luke Fitton, a guitar player, who actually came up with that. So I will, oh, thank I you, Luke. Credit, <laughs> yes, I'll credit him. So I have this solid gold idea where... Uh, that also gets professionally filmed, obviously. Released yeah. on four-disc Blu-ray, DVD and CD. <laughs> disc one being the original 2012 anti-tour. Disc oh, okay. two being the fantasy follow-up on Blu-ray. With disc yeah. three and four being audio from each of the shows. I mean, hypothetically again, what do you think of this plan, Steve? <laughs> well, that could be a very good reason to have not done it before. So that could be a really good reason to have actually held it back so that it could come out in that fantasy format. Right. I like that. Yes. Mm. I was um, discussing with Adam before and I didn't know how to word this because it's so hard to explain. 
like, I desperately want this, you know, on Blu-ray or DVD. And as I said to Adam, I'd watch it every Friday night if it was released. But there's also a part of me that um, kind of likes that it's not released. That right. That magic is, it's just... It's just there. Yeah, and I understand it's within, that. It's, it's within all of us. And, I, you know, I also want people who weren't there to be able to see it and experience yeah. it. So it's not sort of to exclude anyone. But I don't know. It's that same feeling like, you know, sometimes you go to a gig and you're not allowed phones or anything. And mm. it's actually kind of nice because some of the best memories I have, I haven't taken any photos. I haven't filmed anything, but it's so ingrained in my brain because I was so present. And yeah. so... You know, yeah, the memories are a bit hazy of anti-tour, but I, I know what that feeling was, and absolutely, yeah, and and also I think the the, the one thing I've learned um, over the years from working with lots of different people, but specifically with her, is that things if things are supposed to happen and come out, they, they will. They may not do it at the time everyone expects, but you know, Flower is a great example. You know, we wrote Flower in two thousand and six or something, and it didn't right. come out until Abbey Road, so. If there's a there's always something will eventually happen when it's meant to if yeah. it's meant to yeah yeah yes well i do want a studio version of that's why they write love songs <laughs> okay so if you could just arrange that at the very least that i'm sure okay. will be appreciated <laughs> well, see the thing i totally understand what you're saying about that that whole not wanting it released and everything like that i totally get that because i felt that in the past about certain things as well However, on this one, I'm going to have to <laughs> completely disagree with you here on this That's and tell fine. you it's just, I'm sorry, but no. Look, half of me disagrees with the other half of me. Right, and I get that as well, trust me. Yeah, like, I'm a Gemini, so there's one half of me that's like, release it yesterday. The other half is like, oh, no, let's keep it special. So, yeah. I mean, we... We all just love, 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 love this tour. And you you both also know how much of a rabid Madonna stan I am, but I will always be the very first to say that Tears of a Clown was her own version of the groundbreaking anti-tour. And without the anti-tour, there never would have been a Tears of a Clown or the Madame X theatre tour that followed it. This really was uncharted territory before Kylie came along. And I think that it's a little bit interesting that it's sort of not really discussed much either. No. Yeah, that I hadn't really thought of that, but I mean, I think it does take a certain kind of performer to be able to carry it off as well. Oh, totally. You know, because there's nothing to hide behind at all. You know, it's it's a band and 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 songs and and live vocals and yeah, there's, and 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 carrying the audience with you. So you've got to be a really good entertainer to be able to carry it off. Um, and I mean, have I think all that Madonna material one, as well. <laughs> yeah, but actually, the Madonna one had a bit more creative content, didn't it, than than ours. Um, there was a little bit of like, sort of like presentations on the screen behind it, but it wasn't that much. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was very raw. I mean, she went on like a 10 minute discussion about Rocco and like what was going on with him. And like, it was full on, like it was a, it was a night that started at like 1am <laughs> yeah. and it was a ride, but yeah, she was very, very raw and it was an interesting glimpse and I, I see a lot of similarities in the two shows in the sense that Anti-Tour was the first Kylie show that she ever looked at me and made eye contact with me in the crowd. Right. And that was just, oh, I just goosebumps everywhere. Like I can still sort of feel it now too, thinking about it. And of course, Tears of a Clown was one of those just moments when she held my hand. It was amazing. And so, but both of these shows did a way of like, 
bringing down the wall of like being like totally like going nuts over like the megastar that is Kylie, the megastar that is Madonna. My first ever Madonna concert was Tears of a Clown. It mm. wasn't the planned Rebel Heart tour show. So yeah, it's just, I really find it interesting also that both of these shows are two of my very, very all-time favourites as well. Yeah. Well, you get that that instant connection, don't you? You're not yes. sort of 40, 40 rows back and looking at the screen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we obviously have our fantasy, you know, hmm. anti-tour things, but I, I did have a question for you, Steve. So... You know, you obviously know that all the Kylie fans are, have on their notes app on their phone <laughs> a fantasy set lists ready to go mm. at any given moment. Mm. Do you have a fantasy set list for any of your faves that you're not involved with? Like maybe an Olivia fantasy set list or Whitney if she was still here that you're like, oh, okay, if I was putting this together, I'm, th- these are my, my songs. <laughs> like, do you, make these, do you make these set lists for your faves the way that the rest of us do? I I don't, but I I obviously could if someone said, "Oh, we're doing you know, we're doing a, a an Olivia anti tour. Would you come do it?" Then, yeah, yes, here's, I would so, here's make... something I prepared earlier. <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely make I would absolutely make that list. No, I'm I'm a, like any lots of people I'm fans of. I'm I'm the same. I'm fans of album tracks, B sides, yeah. rarities, and stuff like that. So yeah, I could if it was someone that I yeah, I mean Whitney, absolutely for sure. There would be a whole mm. bunch of things. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have them on my notes app though. So. <laughs> just some, the amount of people just that us. like, yeah, we just all ask the question, like, what are your favorites? It's like, here's my playlist. Here's my, you know, notes <laughs> app. Or, like, here's something that's been, you know, filed away for three years. It's, it's yeah. so great. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, I mean, speaking of wish lists, that's, I guess, the next part. Mm, yeah, well, like many of you out there, like myself and Eliza, you have your own fantasy anti-tour long and short lists. Narrowing things down for this episode was a nightmare because I initially had, I think it was like over like 50 or 60 songs and that I thought was my short list. So it was a hard struggle, but I got it down to 10. I, wow. And they're what, in are your, what, what are your parameters? All right, so mine, I didn't really have many rules in the sense that I think there's maybe one track that's appeared before in a live live performance, but otherwise it's all there's a, there's a mashup, there's a remix. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's in order as well of how I would have it as a set. I, oh, also have, I didn't. I didn't do yeah. that for mine. <laughs> I also have a long list version that makes more sense with more songs, but we'll get to that later. Uh, so my first track opening is Made of Glass. Approve. Written and recorded in 2004 for the Ultimate Kylie Sessions, the song was eventually released as the B-side to Xenomania's single Giving You Up. Much like the A-side, the B-side was also a Xenomania effort, having been written by Kylie, Brian Higgins, Miranda Cooper, Lisa Cowley, Tim Powell and Matt Gray, with production from Zeno and Brian. This is one Kylie has never performed live, but I would just die to see it because I think it's just such a very, very special track. Yeah, agreed. Okay. That's on 
on mine, but we'll get to that. Ah, <laughs> right, right. And there's yeah, going to be a few. There's going to be a few double ups, and I. No, got... that's the only double up. Oh, really? Ah. Yeah. That's Adam doesn't. Adam doesn't got... know my list, but I know his. Right. I think I know. I think I know probably three of your list. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. We'll see. My next one is the pre-golden era demo of One Last Kiss. So this wonderful Electro Kiss demo found itself on the timeline late last year, I think. And mm-hmm. I love, love, love the original. I love Golden. But I would also love to hear any more Golden demos that were Electro Pop pieces before this one. If this one is anything to go by, rather. Oh, Absolutely so beautiful. Would be quite a dream to hear it live, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Biff's original, Biff's original version of that. Ah, there we go. Biff Amazing. likes to leak a little track here and there, doesn't he? He leaked um, Colour My Life at some point, and all of a sudden that just pops up. <laughs> he loves doing a little dance around the studio when he does oh. it as well. Oh, I love it. So yeah, I, love it. I think I initially had Colour My Life on my list, but only because you can hear Biff in the background going, Cowbell! <laughs> and I'm like, if that was going to be live, I'd want him there shouting cowbell. <laughs> also, cowbell. <laughs> if anybody doesn't and doesn't follow uh, Biff, stand up Biff Co on Instagram, that they should do because he's a legend, yes. but secondarily yes. he has the most adorable puppy. <gasps> I was wondering if that's where you were going to go. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I cannot deal with that puppy. It's <laughs> way too much. The next track on my list is Change Your Mind. Produced technically by EDM heavyweight Dead Mouse and written by Kylie with the Sister Sisters, Change Your Mind was recorded during the Aphrodite sessions using the instrumental of Dead Mouse's hit club anthem Brazil. It would also later be used by Alexis Jordan in 2010 on the gay dance floor anthem Happiness. It's one of my all-time nice. favourite tracks and, of anything. And technically, kind of weirdly produced by me because I did the vocals on that. Wow. Oh, <gasps> amazing. There you go. Oh, scoop. I love yeah. that. Love oh. this. Yeah, I recorded the vocals on that um, <sighs> on Change Your Mind, yeah. Right, That's so amazing. Huge, is that, huge does it exist? Is it, is it in the world? Is oh, yes. Yeah. In the world. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Yeah. Everyone's listening to that quite regularly. <laughs> <laughs> That was one that Fair popped enough. up quite a bit with um, some of the people online too, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge fan favourite. Yeah. That's so, a great backing. I mean, it's a cool backing. And obviously, yeah, it was used again. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, I do remember doing that one. Well, going from a fan favourite to one that is probably not, the Switch remix of Skirt. <laughs> Now, <laughs> I wish 
hang on. Steve Did, has just face palmed. He has. He has face palmed. <laughs> so I know the original track gets tons of shit from the fans, but this remix, it just really, really slows things down, turns into a super cool, chilled house track, changes the entire mood of the song altogether, makes it super sexy, which I did not think the original was. And I just think that it would sound really lush live. Switch has since worked with artists such as Shaka Khan, MIA, Brandy and Kesha with an honourable mention to his 2004 remix of Gentina's French Kisses. Shout out to all my Gentinas. Now you're talking. Gentina. (laughs) I'm here for Gentina in such a big way. That stripper is one of my favourite pop songs of all time. That girl should have been a superstar. She should have. She really should have. Absolute superstar. I adore that. Loved those songs. Oh, loving this. I'm with you there, Adam. Yes, yes. Maybe not the other thing, but I'm very much with you there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, following that Switch remix, I have... Because the Switch Me remix actually really, really slows the pace of Skirt down completely to the opposite world of the original. So then that will eventually lead into a performance of Loving Days. Oh, we know your story with Loving Day. Right. Well, we discussed that at length during our body language episode, so I will keep it brief. But my gosh, what I wouldn't give to see this performed live. One of the most sublime pop songs ever written. Yeah, I love that song. Love that song. So, yeah, good choice. All right. My next choice is Alone Again. Ah. Ah. Alone Again. comes the Madonna stand once again, folks. Yes. (laughs) So recorded in 2001 for the Fever Sessions, Alone Again was originally written by Madonna and Rick for the Ray of Light Sessions. The track would go on to be left off Ray of Light and ended up in the hands of Kylie. This track was originally meant to be the B side to Come Into My World, but some sources actually said that it was even meant to be a double A side with it. But in the end, plans fell through and we wouldn't get to hear it until 2007's White Diamond documentary saw its release. What a a documentary. We should do an episode on that. We will. We definitely will. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a cool, cool track as well. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I know that Will Baker was inc- absolutely adamant that it needed to be part of the soundtrack for Diamond as well. So he was right. I think, instrumental in getting, because I think it was tricky because I don't think it was recorded, but hadn't been released and yeah. had to get permission from Madonna. And, you know, there's a lot that went into just getting wow soundtrack. But uh, yeah. Well, thank you, William Baker, very, very yes. much. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Okay, so my next track is the Granger Boy mashup of Kiss Me Once into Turn It Into Love. So this is hands down for real one of my all-time favourite mashups ever mashed. Both tracks mm. are big Kylie favourites of mine, so mashing them up together, just uh, just pure magic. And Eliza, I actually believe that you have something very crucial to add to the story of the creation of this mashup. 
Yes, um, my friend Tim and I were talking about both of those songs one day, and I must have also been talking to Simon because I think he'd done a sort of a cappella, or he called it a piano cappella version of Kiss Me Once. We were all kind of, ta- I was talking separately to both of them about Kiss Me Once, and I think Tim had said to me something about mashing those two up, so I then messaged Simon saying, can you, ma- can you mash these two songs <laughs> up? So yeah, that basically came about <laughs> because Tim and I were like, Simon, could you please mash these two songs together? Of course I did. <laughs> Ta-da! There you go. Yeah, I mean, both great so songs. Good. I've got, I'm such a, a huge fan of, I mean, I, I know I have heard that mashup. I do occasionally, I love going on YouTube and just sort of just putting in the word Kylie mashup and see what mm-hmm. comes up because oh. there's some really clever stuff there out are. there and, and uh, some yeah. amazing remixes. But but in general, I'm I'm the biggest fan of Kiss Me Once as a song. Oh. It is, you know, it really does. The first time I heard that album, it was, that's the one that really just, yeah. it's just that every, I mean, it's, it's, again joy it's almost like 80s breakfast club meets yes probably synth way very ahead of its time in many ways musically um and what a great lyric as well i think it's one of the best songs that sea has ever written yeah for sure so i like that like uh, yeah and the mashup idea is really cool as well so my second last track is falling demo for kylie by the pet shop boys <gasps> yep i'm there for that Kylie perform this Pet Shop Boys version live would just be heavenly. And I believe it's probably something even the boys themselves would get an absolute kick out of seeing too. I originally thought about including the album version, but then just thought, even though it never happened for us live, we have heard it. But Kylie doing the original Pet Shop demo of, that we have not. So I would very, very much like to. So that's my big second last track in the list. Big finale is Heartstrings. So it's no surprise that my big finale goes to a Kylie Xenomania track. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Released as a bonus track on the Japanese edition of the record, Heartstrings was written and produced by Xenomania and is one of the most sweepingly breathtaking songs for me in Kylie's back catalogue. When that beat comes through just that little bit harder in the song as well, it just gets me every time, would be, for me, the most joyous end to a wonderful night. So that's my list of 10. Now, I do actually have a longer list, like I said, out there for like a full stage show. And although I didn't get to share those here tonight (laughs) in my dream to a set list, I do have a radio show on Mixcloud where I can live that out for you all. (laughs) So April the 7th, when the Record Doctor returns, I'll be playing you my entire two-hour anti-tour two uh, dream set list in full, like you're at a concert. Um, Let's see if I can remember to add the crowd noises as well. But yes, that's my list of 10 with my list of 25 plus coming 
on April the 7th. And Eliza's going to also um, have a couple of her tracks in that list too. Well, let's see if you approve of them first. <laughs> well, I already know that I approve of one of them. Because oh, it's made of glass? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I already know that I approve of one of them. Oh, interesting. I wonder if if, if it is correct. There's one that I know is going to be a surprise and no one is going to see coming, so... Okay. (laughs) Okay. So... Sexercise. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I would love if there were, like, bouncing exercise... You know how people do, like, beach balls? Like, exercise balls being bounced around the crowd? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That would be good. Um, Okay, so I originally had... A bunch of parameters. I'm like, I need rules so that um, this is going to make my life easier. So then I can immediately eliminate one. So it was like, okay, nothing from anti to a one. So eliminated a bunch of that. Nothing I've seen live before. Eliminate that. Um, no collaborations. And I'm like, oh, this is this is so helpful. Except I then kept finding loopholes. I was like, well, technically she didn't do that at my <laughs> anti to a show, so that doesn't count. And there must be like a statute of limitations because I saw that at the Enjoy Yourself concert and I don't really remember. It's too long ago. So that can come back in. So I'm like, okay, these rules are stupid. And I just thought, okay, what, what, what is the actual rule? Is it, it, and I realized it was like bucket list. What, what are my bucket list songs that I just absolutely have to hear live at least once before I die? And so that's what I kind of went with. And I tried to, so therefore that did eliminate some, because it's like, you know what, I have heard that live before. And then there are a couple that I, I, I sort of had on there, but then I liked, I kind of wanted them to just stay where they belonged. So Free is a song that I'm obsessed with, but I kind of like that it just belongs in Intimate and Live. Mm-hmm. And I just want it to stay there as a special. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, so... Anyway, let's go. So I kind of broke them down into, once I had the list, I was like, okay, these are kind of in three sections. There were songs with personal meaning that I've got, you know, memories attached to, songs that I just love for no apparent reason other than I'm just obsessed with them, (laughs) and then songs for my inner child. So that'll be your Stock Aitken and Waterman era songs. So let's start with my inner child. So this will come as a surprise to absolutely nobody that I want one boy girl performed live where I, can, where I can rap. Pretends to be shocked. Yes, I know. Sorry. Do, do, do you need a minute? <laughs> pretty much pretty much me when I put alone again on mine. Yeah. So, and you do the, you could do the whole, I presume you can do the whole rap. I can do both parts. So, you she know, can. that's whatever. what I'm saying. Because when, when we, because when we did do it, obviously we'd split it up between the girls, but obviously you can just do the whole thing. I could do the whole thing if need be. So. Do you, when you do it, do you, would you do it in like two different characters when they're talking to it sort of, or would you do it as a. Um, do you mean like with voices or do I like. Yeah, yeah, with voices. Go like this to myself. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, exactly. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. I definitely like if I'm in the shower and it comes on, like I am definitely like. You you're know, doing that thing as if you're two different yeah. people. Yeah. Yes. Yes, of course. I guessed as much. Yes, because yeah. I can't decide. Like, I start off doing the, you know, hey, you're Kylie. And then yes. I'm like, I, I can't not go, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so the first song that actually came to mind when we were doing this list, it was like, okay, without question, if there's only one song that I get, it's Love at First Sight 88.
That has been my dream song for years. Okay. Like, lose my mind to that. So good. Um, Songs that I just love for absolutely no reason. Um, I just need to hear them live. I think we can... (laughs) I think we can all agree that love is waiting. Oh, uh, yeah. Bingo, there's my... The one yeah. that you knew? Yes, that. I've, just, I've just won my money. Oh, was that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. How many did you guess? Do you think you've got three? uh yeah i thought three but i that was my i laid all my money on that one but go on okay well good and you know maybe you know terry might feel like coming back and recreating his tea in the park you know bvs with his red t-shirt in that outfit yeah red yeah. t-shirt yes. white, white shorts <laughs> i'm ready ready for just it just get everyone i'll get terry clive tessa the whole lot i mean yep. yeah you just want to have that okay. why not i mean why not um ocean blue Oh yep. yeah, that was obviously my second one that, that I thought you'd choose, but 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 you did allude to it earlier. So yes, yeah, no, that's what I and I I feel like you've spoken about this, uh, like I spoke to you about it on Twitter sometime last year because you were talking about where you wrote it at a lake. Is that am I thinking of the right song? It's a real world, um, and we wrote it in where we wrote everything actually um, around that time in a in a small studio but yeah it was um the final vocals and everything was mixed um in the real world main room which is looks out on on the real on the lake and stuff so if anyone goes and like googles real world real world studios you'll see it's peter gabriel studio and it's just got a um the main control room has just got just full windows all the way around so natural light looking out onto the lake and we mixed it as the sun we mixed it as the sun came up over the lake that's why it sounds like it does. It was the last thing we did. We were absolutely exhausted. And so that's why it sounds like it does. Oh, it's... Because <laughs> we just wanted it to be gentle because we couldn't take any harshness. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Such a beautiful song. Taking some time in the um, Other songs that I love for no reason. Um, <laughs> Sincerely Yours. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, what a song. Yeah, that nearly, that nearly happened once, on, but um, on what, didn't Golden? quite make it. Yeah. Yeah, why didn't that ha- happen on Golden? Like, no, that's... There's, there's sometimes you just do a whole thing and it doesn't quite this, this get didn't there. fit? Right. No, no. Mm-hmm. Great song, though. Oh, uh, there would not be a dry eye in the house, I don't think, yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, and where is the feeling? I didn't, I couldn't decide <laughs> which version I wanted. Like at one, like I had my my short list, long list, whatever, and I had all versions in at one point. Um, because yeah. like, I was like, oh, do I want album version? And then about a week ago, I woke up and I'd had this dream where I was listening to the soundtrack version. Like I could hear it in my brain. I hadn't fallen asleep with my headphones in or anything, but I I guess the song is so embedded in my brain that I can hear it in my dreams. <laughs> so I guess my question to both of you is, which version? would be better live um well, i i would just quickly i'd say that was my third one that i thought you would pick because obviously right. you know 94 was always going to be you know yes. an, an obvious one um but no I, I listen this is your you this is your set list this is well mine. i'm so asking you, Adam. you have to t- <laughs> um i think you got answer. 
I I think that it would probably be the uh yeah, the Bish Bosch mix. Because I suppose online said that. you're talking about, you know, that we talk about so much joy in anti-tour. And yes. gosh, there's a lot of joy on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's such a great mix. But yeah, yeah. I think Plus that's the one I would 14, pick. 14 minutes long. See, yeah, that's well, the thing. I would like to pick like a, <laughs> the 14 minute long version, but I don't I don't know how that would translate as a live performance. And, and people would go to the bar. Right. Whereas <laughs> this sort of this sort of stands out on its own and as something that could yeah. be performed comfortably live. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's going in my uh, list of songs from yours. Okay, yes, I thought it might. I'm, a t- I'm typing yours out so that I've got them as reference as well, even okay, though I'm well, recording. Like, it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't mind. We pick whichever version you like because I realised that it wouldn't matter which version was served up in this fantasy because... So what you're saying is the rest of your list is actually just all of the mixes and that's the end. Yeah, I initially had a, just like half of my list was where was the feeling. <laughs> um, okay, so songs with personal meaning. Mm-hmm. So Made of Glass, we've already addressed that because it was the name of mm-hmm. my blog and so it just means a lot to me from that point of view. What kind of fool? What kind of fool do you take me That was also one of my first, just like, that's that's going in. Mm-hmm. Best breakup song ever. So picture this. It's 1996, 97. I was at the club I go to every week. My ex-boyfriend who had cheated on me decides to show uh. up at my stomping ground. <laughs> I did not engage with him. Instead, because I knew everyone who worked there, I knew the DJ... I marched myself up to the DJ booth. I said, please play What Kind of Fool, Kylie Minogue. I then marched myself up to the podium and I lip synced for my life. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, points were made that night. Pop fan, great time to be cheated on when that song. (laughs) In hindsight, because, oh my God, like feeling that song in that moment when it was released. (laughs) So, yeah, What Kind of Fool, like... That would be a popular choice, I think, in general. It, yes. Yeah, it is. Um, tears. As in mm. B-side to Did It Again, not Tears on My Pillow. Which is on okay. my long list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just... It just right reminds... It reminds me of that whole intimate and live era and the friendships that I made and just, you know, we all went to so many shows. It was kind of like being on tour as well. And Mm. yeah, I just loved it. It's a special song. And it would go off. It would, yeah. Banger of a song. Mm. And my final choice, which no one is going to have picked, is Roland. Oh, okay. From Golden. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah.
I so yeah. in great song. Yeah, in 2018, um, you know, Adam and I did a for the record doctor did a whole show on Golden, and I remember driving down That's to right. Geelong. Like I had the album on repeat just to get in the mood. Every time that song came on, I was just cranking it. Mm. The next day was one of the turned out to be one of the most traumatic days I have right. ever been through in my life, and the next you know few months and year that followed was a lot of recovery from that this is the song that when i was at my lowest as long as i just put this on it i'm like you know what i, I i've got this yeah. don't feel great today but i i'll i'll get there mm. and still to this day if i'm going through something shitty this is one of the songs that i'll come back to and go that's all right i'll i'll get there mm-hmm. so that's amazing to hear that song live i think i would yeah lose my mind yeah so. Excellent choices, both mm. of you. Really, really good choices. Oh, thank you for 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 a fantasy, which is obviously what it is. Yes, mm. like um, it's a fantasy. No definitely. <laughs> I mean, all I all I would say is that obviously I I can't really get involved in this, but if if it were ever ever to happen again, I feel like the only thing that I would really 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 push for is I'll still be loving you. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Because, you know, we tried, we snuck a little bit in, mm. but um, yeah, I feel like right. of, of, of the, what we didn't do before, I feel like that one is, that's the one that was possibly missed that we lovely to get a chance to, to oh, redo that. That would be amazing. We also, as the second part of our asking everyone on socials, anti-two of questions. Right, that's right. (laughs) We put it to everyone and said, okay, anti-tour 2.0, three songs on your wish list. Most most people followed the parameters. Many did not. Many did not. (laughs) Many were like, I can't do three. Come on. Other people were like, here, here is a PDF of all of the songs that I would like. Yes. Well, so I guess in the spirit of our monocracy, we're going to... Uh, okay, so what I've done is I put all this into an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I Literally. went through every single song. I'm a researcher now. I went through yes. every single song. I plugged it in. There were 174 songs submitted. I am not going through all of them now. It's okay. <laughs> we're not going to be here all day. And I, I put how many votes each song got. Okay. Yeah. And then I found what the top five were and sort of the extra ones. Mm-hmm. So... So that everyone feels represented, that their songs, you know, have mm-hmm. have been heard. The top five songs. Let me find the list. Oh, now I've already lost it. Oh, really? I, I'm genuinely appreciative of the amount of prep that you put into this. <laughs> oh, well, once I start, I'm like, maybe I should write them down. I'm like, I should have put it in an Excel spreadsheet. Maybe I yeah. should, like, print that off as a PDF. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if you want me to email this to you, Steve, I can do that. <laughs> so, Thank you. Ju- you know, just as a far yeah. away. Just to have. Um, just to have. Just to have. Yeah. So, um, top five. The number one most requested song, if ever there was an anti tour 2.0, was What Kind of Fool. What Kind of Fool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that everyone wanted that. The next one, which caught me really by surprise, was We Know the Meaning of Love. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So many people were serving that up. 
Interesting. So not not quite sure about that. Um, Adam, you'll be thrilled to know Change Your Mind was... Yes. Everyone was asking for that. So I, need to, I haven't heard that. I haven't listened to that for years. I need to go back oh. and remind myself of that. Oh, I had a really blaring good. this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, made of Glass. Yes. Was on there. And Absolutely. Where Is the Feeling? Oh, stunning. Unspecified okay. version. <laughs> a lot of people were asking for which one was it? Um... I didn't take that note down. There was okay. various, and people were sort of just putting that in. Just a, a, a representation of that song. That song yes. in some form, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, there were more. I can. I, I selected the ones that had, you know, sort of more than 10 votes per song, and then any more that had sort of between 6 and 10 mm-hmm. that sort of honourable mentions. So the honourable mentions were uh, Sleeping With The Enemy. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Yeah, that's a that, great that song. Would, if I if I were to have a fantasy list, I would that would be on it. Mm. Well, great. That's a Greg Kirsten song, isn't it? So what? Yeah, I'm what a bit, a, I, I mean, I am a bit of a fan of Greg. So, but yeah, yeah, what I a love great that song. Um, also very high up in the wish list was Surrender. Oh, absolutely. Great, yep. great song. It was very heavy in KM94. Okay. Um, the next sort of lot of songs that were grouped together was Love Affair. Oh, oh. get that. Mm-hmm. Love at First Sight 88. Yep. Loving Days. Mm-hmm. And yes. Sincerely Yours. Yeah. And then sort of the last bunch that were honourable mentions were Lose Control. Yep. Mm-hmm. Crystallize, oh. falling, ocean blue, and tears. Nice. Wow, ocean blue made it again. Yes, as people mm. want that. You look quite pleased with yourself there. <laughs> no, well, I, I just—you <laughs> never know when people know, like if people know these things because you know oh. odd little B sides. It's like there's a few of them. Like harmony is another one that gets me oh. that surprises me when people know it as well. There was whatever the B side, whatever's going on with those B sides. Because on my long list, I had. Um, I think like Harmony and Never Spoken and something or other. Mm. Well, like, were they all the same session? Mm. Yeah. Right. So, Eliza, of yours, two of them are in my long list. Aside from, aside from uh, Ocean Blue and Tears. And of the chosen ones of the listeners, Love Affair. Oh, really? Mm. Yes. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about that song. Like, I had to go back and revisit it because I was like, oh, look, I haven't heard back that to back with Back to back with Cupid Boy. Oh. oh. That's the dream. That's that's what you'll hear in the long list on the Record Doctor on April the 7th. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to definitely listen to that. I, I can't wait, actually. It's because I was putting it all together and I was like, I've got to do something with this list now that's not just... You know, to delete the the list or something, I need to put it out there, and yeah. So, looking forward to well, it. Well, after um, recently uh, talking to Hannah Robinson for my pod, I mm. feel like I reminded myself not that I needed it. I can't beat the feeling, and oh, what an incredible yes. gem that is. So good. Oh. I, mm. That album just brings me so much joy. Lots of joy. Just, uh, yeah. Amazing. Um, well, yeah. So we've all got we've all got our long lists and our extra long mm. lists, and um, one but, day you never know. 
one yep. day. Well, she was on um, BBC, one of the radio stations in November and taking, you know, listener calls and stuff. And someone asked her point blank, you know, I loved Angie Tour so much. Are you going to do another one? And she just goes, yes. For history's sake, let's take a listen to that now. Well, my favourite was the anti-tour. Do you have any plans to do anything as intimate as that again for your fans? Mm. Yes. <gasps> I mean, not actually on paper, but in my mind, yes. Yeah, so basically she said something like, yes, it's not on paper, it's in my head, was the mm. quote. There you go. So. Bloody good enough for me, mate. Yeah, it's gonna, it, was, it was good enough for absolute pandemonium online that day. <laughs> Steve, tell us and all the lovely listeners at home where they can find you online, what you've got going on, anything coming up, this promo away, everything. Go. <laughs> now how comfortable I am with doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in answer to your question, um, about what I'm doing. We're very lucky in a world that's currently uh, still troubled, but occasionally some of us are lucky to open up a bit. So um, yeah, I've got a lot of acts that I work with, other acts I work with that are all doing shows this summer. So um, Mm -hmm. Steps are back out this summer, Westlife are back out this summer, Louis Redknapp's back out this summer. So I'm putting together shows for them. Um, Terry Ronald and I are working on uh, two musicals, one which will happen probably this year and then one is for later on down the line uh and uh i have my the orchestral shows i do um with various things so my 80s classical show that i do which this year has kim wilde and belinda carlisle and five star and amazing people with an orchestra so prepping that so just prepping a lot of shows that are going to be kind of happening over the summer um and 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 continuing to uh talk to some wonderful people for on the podcast and uh and just really enjoying the kind of love that i get back from that so and as far as where to find me i mean i'm usually mr steve anderson on on most things um i'm not tremendously good i don't have merch like you do Um, (laughs) we don't have it yet not yet soon merch merch on the way really glamorous merch i love that the um designs are fantastic your your person that did the artwork is a genius oh absolutely just, in our in our intro earlier before we spoke to you we did a whole sort of thing on her just mm. to plug her she just she just got it she knew yeah. what she's been listening to the podcast and mm. and she just got every reference like the details that she put in like crazy it's just good. amazing crazy like yeah yeah she's just so funny so just lovely and yeah a joy to work with so Amazing. No, it's really good. Looking forward to it. Yes, she was amazing. So I guess also all the, t- the tickets to your shows, are they in your link Yeah, tree? everything's in. Yeah, there's the link tree thing that, 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 that does all that. And, okay. um, but yeah, really excited to be back putting live shows together for people. And, uh, and, and it, they're all sort of happening at exactly the same time. I mean, Westlife play Wembley Stadium in August, which is quite a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just really nice to be back in rehearsals really yeah. great to be doing some the to be working on becoming nancy with terry because oh. <laughs> obviously that's something that i've watched him do and then i became part of it a few months ago so uh very very excited about getting that up on its feet this year as well oh that's the one that's going to be this year that's going to hopefully fingers oh. crossed will be this year 
Manifest. Manifest. <laughs> manifest. Well, you are the queen of manifestation. Yes. <laughs> I try. I try. But um, but now apart from that, it's uh, and obviously listening to your pod. And we'll be listening to yours as well. Absolutely. As we, you mentioned before, loved, loved, loved the Hannah episode. It was just, yes. oh, it was just amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. Good. Glad. Yeah. She's, a, she's never, she was very nervous. She'd never done anything like that before, but um, yeah, really, really sweet. Some great stories as well. Mm. And oh. Just pure class. Hannah Robinson, just such a Ooh, yes. pure, pure class songwriter. It's all about the songs. It's not about getting hits. It's about integrity. Yeah. And, and I adore that. Well, it's always that stuff that ends up being a hit because you're yeah. being true to yourself and that, right. that comes through. People can smell out. Absolutely. I, kn- I knew you'd enjoy that. And I knew you'd especially, I knew you would enjoy the Jim Elliott lawnmower story. Oh, that was a brilliant. <laughs> Oh my god! I've just realised you could have—you probably don't have this over in the UK, but we've got a whole thing. Jim's mowing here. That, that kind really? Of tied in. Yeah, like it's a whole franchise. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I didn't. He should have founded that here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, really, really enjoying it, and and yeah, I'll carry on for as long as people want it. So I think people want it to go on indefinitely. Yes, <laughs> and I'm definitely not just speaking for Adam and I. I think everyone is. I, I, I will crack on. But no, thank you so much for asking me. And also thanks for anyone that ever sends me stuff about specifically to do with anti-tourists. That's what we're talking about. Because yeah. I do think it was it was a real, if you were there, and it really is a very small bunch of people that actually were there. And yeah. to have that memory and to have that feeling and to be able to reconnect with that feeling whenever they want to, I think is a really special thing. And yeah. something that it's kind of, if you know, you know, it's one of those yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, Everyone that had started to, I don't know, work on their fantasy set lists or remember the night, you know, people were digging out their photos and just going, oh, it's the best night of my life. Or, you know, I just had a really shit day today, but then I started going down memory lane with this and I just feel great again. And it, it's just such like, you know, people have their happy places that they go to. Sometimes it's a lake or a mountain or a beach, which I have some of those, but it's also this night. It really is such a happy place to go to. Definitely. And I, and I know from, I mean, obviously a couple of the two or three of the band from that night are still in the band now and they continually talk about it and refer back to it more than oh, any other wow. tour. So. Really? Yeah, yeah. As it's such oh. an enjoyable experience, an enjoyable rehearsal ex- experience as well. Wow. Um, Adam, should we tell Steve while he's in the room what we're going to do next episode? Yes, we should. Definitely. So Go for on. our next episode, we are doing... A Danny anti tour set list. A Danty tour. A Danty tour. Yes. Yeah. 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 We we were so inspired by doing all this. It's like, well, what would we do for a Danny tour? It's like, oh, we need to discuss that. Yeah. So we well, will be doing that for next month's This Is Disco. We'll keep an eye out on the socials for the date. We'll announce that a little later on. But that is next month's episode of the podcast. And we're both very excited to bring you our fantasy tour lists yes. to, to the <laughs> stage, tour. to the Dante tour stage. Yes, that's going to be the biggest manifestation of the year, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a lot of choice. Oh, there is a lot. There is a lot. I have uh, I have a couple of short-ish lists at the moment. 
<laughs> oh, well, but I look yes. forward to hearing that. Thank you. Yeah. We can't wait. We cannot wait. Now, Eliza, quickly, my darling, where can yes. the lovely people at home find This Is Disco on the social medias? You can find us at This Is Disco on Twitter and Instagram. Um, a reminder that we're still trying to figure out uh, TikTok. That's <laughs> at This Is Disco podcast. Don't think I've posted there for a while, but, you know, just pop in every now and then and mm-hmm. <laughs> see what the kids are up can I to. Make, can I make a suggestion? <laughs> oh, I please. think for your TikTok, you should do the one boy girl rap as the two characters talking to themselves. <laughs> uh, Steve, I will do that when you get yourself in a sumo outfit at a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> so you do that and I'll get on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> Steve's like, no thanks. <laughs> or if oh you want to get God. on TikTok and do the rap with me whilst you're in a sumo outfit. Oh, come I mean, on the now. Possibilities are endless. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, Eliza, anyway. where can we find you on the socials? Me, I'm at Ms. Eliza Day on Instagram and Twitter. And we also have merch coming soonish. Oh, yes, yes. Merch yes. coming soonish. Keep an yeah, eye so on that. Watch this space. And Adam, where can we find you? So you can find me over at adem.ev on Instagram, just Adam Eve on Twitter, also at The Record Doctor everywhere with my Mixcloud radio show, at Allowed Podcast with my Girls Allowed Podcast, you can't mistake their anthology. Episode four is out now and launching later in April, Dr. Pop Pod on both Twitter and Instagram for my upcoming Dr. Pop Podcast with episode one, diving into Charlie XCX's crush. More info at my website, www.therecorddoctor.com. Wonderful. Amazing. Well, uh, we're going to head on off out of here, I guess, and dream about our fantasy set list. I'm going to listen to my set list now into the end. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This Uh, has been such a rush. Thank you uh, so much, Steve, for joining us. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, and uh, we really appreciate all the support that you've given us and the podcast. It's just, yeah, it just blows our minds. So thank you very much once again. No worries. I loved it. It's lovely to see you both again. Lovely to see you too. (laughs) Hopefully we will see you in person for drinks. Yes. Dinner dinner at Stoke House. Something. (laughs) Oh my God. You're teasing me now. Something like get yourself here just for hot. Qantas is having a sale now. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, get over, Mm -hmm. come say hey. Oh. (sighs) Oh. You know, Not as many as I, I thought there to. would be tonight. No, actually, no. I, I, mm. I think she's weaning no, herself off of them. No, it's because I'm tired. I've got this weird right. kind of sinus infection thing that's thankfully not COVID. And I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, and it's it. late. It's, late. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, never t- it's never too late. Never too late. Did never you set me up? Was that, was, was that, did you set me up for that? Or? <laughs> and, you appear, and you appear to be talking to us from your own quick change area, which I, I really enjoy. So, so basically, I used to have my little studio used to be down that end little yeah. enclave there, but yeah. my, my hip being sat down there, squished up recording this, was not appreciative. I've got a bit of a mm. dodgy hip and back, and I'm like, I can't keep doing that. So I've got this little, similar little, you know, I can put my head in thing 
shelving here and i'm like yeah. i can, can create a standing up i was gonna say I, I now just really realized you've been stood up this whole time yeah it's so much better for my back and my hip like mm. i can just oh, move around good. and i'm like why yeah. didn't i do this before i can just stand up and my hip is very very thankful for it so sorry that you have to deal with my entire wardrobe behind no, me no 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 I, I was i was really enjoying it literally looks like you were talking to me from backstage in your quick change area <laughs> yeah. oh that's what i'm gonna call this now it's not my wardrobe. It's a quick, it's a quick change if anyone asks where I am, sorry, it's my quick change area. Yeah. <laughs> Got all yeah. bits of memorabilia that's falling off the wall. And... No, you should. Yeah. Lovely to see you. Thanks so much again. Um, all the best with all your... I don't know how you get time to do all of your millions of things and add another podcast to it, Adam, but... Um, going to give it a go. <laughs> going to give it a go. Well, Girls Aloud gets to a point where it will stop, I imagine. You're just Eventually. Go to, well, well yeah. I'm going to. I'm doing all the solo stuff as well, so... Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. So there will be... Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so there'll be a big break after um, Out of Control when we sort of... It's just mostly solo stuff until the 10 tour. Okay. Alright, well, we're going to head on out of here. As I said, thank you again to Steve. Thank you very much, Eliza. What a lovely, lovely time we've just had recapping and going into the ins and outs and all that more regarding the anti-tour. Carly edition. feeling so warm and fuzzy. Like, it's such a good feeling. Can't believe we didn't say that to Steve while he was still here. Bloody hell. <laughs> anyway, Steve, uh, having you here was such a good feeling. Talking about anti-tour was as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. And on that note, we're out of here until next month when we bring you the Danny Fantasy Danty Tour. This is Adam Eve. And Eliza Day. Love and kisses, dance floor darlings. Bye. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day.